Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey everyone, we just wanted to let you know we did not forget about Black History Month. We had a couple special events that could only be scheduled during February, which kind of threw our timeline off. So we've decided to postpone and do Black History Month in March. We will still be doing it. It's just more timing was not in our favor. Uh, Black History Month is still going on on Horror Virgin, obviously, but over here, we just had to time things a little bit differently. You better not have no plans tonight. Movie time and it's feeling right. You're looking for a love that lasts. You'll find it at Romance in the Podcast. Ooh, ooh, baby, had me at hello. I know. Ooh, ooh, baby, you're the wind beneath my wings. Ooh, ah, I'll have what she's having. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at Hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, I made you all watch Crazy, Crazy Stupid, Stupid Love. Love. Okay, I'll go first with this. Okay. I think I'm going to say what we all but say. But Todd picked it. Oh, that's right. Todd, go first. Why'd you pick it? Because I like this movie. <laughs> this is a movie I've ever seen before, so I picked it. No, I've seen it. I've seen this before, too. Yeah. Why did you pick it? Because it's a movie I've seen that I liked, and I honestly had thought we had done, but I looked back and we hadn't. So I was like, hey, let's do this movie. It's a big movie. It was a big movie. It was a big movie. Yeah. I liked it at the time when I saw it. Do you have any more? Yeah. Do, give us your thoughts. Why do you like it? Uh, why do I like it now? Yeah, did you like it this time? Or do you like it now, I guess <laughs> yeah. is a better question. Tell us your thoughts. There are things I, I still like about it, yes. I think a lot of the performances are good. I think that it's not great. I'm going to pause you right here. Okay. Paige, I think he is like keeping his cards close to his vest because he doesn't <laughs> want to talk until we talk. Listen, there's a lot of stuff to love about this movie, but I'll just come out and say it. The movie ends in the distribution of child pornography and like there's a bunch of moments like that where it's like, oh, that didn't hold up great. Do you great. mean child sexual assault materials? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. that's technically what they're called now. Yeah, okay. Pornography implies that you are a performer choosing to do the act, which I guess she is, but she is underage so she can't consent. Yeah, Whatever. she's 17. She can't. Yeah, so it's child sexual assault materials. Is it still called that if they pass it on themselves? I believe so, yes. Okay. No, no, no. You you, if a 17-year-old distributes to like a 16-year-old, I don't think if it's consensual. He was 13, Mikey. He's 13. For someone who was trying to throw me under the bus two seconds ago, you're jumping under it right now. <laughs> I don't know the specific laws, but I know, like, Todd, when me and you and Paige were, like, 20, 23, and this, like, smartphones and stuff started coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were arresting all of these teenagers for passing nudes to each other. Sure, sure, I sure. I think they have refine the laws i don't know what it's, they are now because they've refined not them. good like you still no. should not do it yeah, don't. yeah even if you are both underage don't do it no there, no there are still legal ramifications if you are underage still 
I'm sure. The only cell phone I had before I was 21 was a Nokia brick or whatever. And yep. I, am, I thank God every day I did not grow up like five years after I did. I had a Nokia brick for forever. And then I had a Palm Centro, which was the first phone I, I ever had that could take Centro. pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a Palm Centro. And then I briefly had the Sliver, not the Razor, which was the one that didn't fold. Yeah. My first phone was a Samsung flip phone, but it didn't take photos. So like I was yeah. in the clear for that all through high school and stuff like that like if we wanted to see each other naked we had to do it in the real world well we had to do it the way she does it in this movie (laughs) that's true yeah okay but like listen don't do it the way she does it in this movie just don't so todd are you you feel like some parts of this movie have not aged well is that what i'm hearing a lot of this doesn't hold up well but there are moments in this that i really really love i feel like the relationship between Steve Carell and Hot Goss like I like their like what R- Ryan Gosling does for Steve Carell I think is super kind to this person who he doesn't know at all so like as like a buddy comedy I enjoy the first half of this movie and then honestly between just their relationship if I'm looking just at that when he finds out that he's dating his daughter mm-hmm. and his immediate aversion to that I completely get I think the fact that he like doubles down on it a few more times that made me mad I was like you know this guy is at least a decent guy like he treated you way better than you deserved and he like did this huge favor for you like why do you not like him at all like that was wild to me see I think the first half of this movie ages like milk man like oh Andrew Tate vibes yeah yeah that's like the pickup artist version of this movie the good stuff in the first half of the movie is like what he does for Steve Carell and helping him sort of revamp his life (laughs) But in a way that doesn't respect women, like that's the problem. No, no, that is the problem. Yeah. I think the movie is funny. Yes. And it can be charming. And these two men go on a redemption arc. But here's the pacing. Oh, this movie's paced terrible. It is sort of all over the place, right? It's like 80% of them being awful. And then like two scenes of redemption at the end. And I think that's the part that doesn't work for me because it's basically like Andrew Tate takes a tutor and then and then like that's most of the movie. Yeah. And and then like from when he calls his wife to the end of the movie is like 15 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, where where he like helps her with the fake pilot light where he's outside the house stalking her. Oh, there's two like fights in between that before the end, which, by the way, the end. I have a lot of problems with the end. (laughs) It's like full of tropes. But I, I mean, like Steve Carell gets there. And so does the other guy, but like, it's so bonkers. (laughs) It's a good movie to do a podcast episode on. I think so too. Like if your brain is turned off and you're just wanting to watch a rom-com and like, oh, this movie makes me laugh. Ha ha ha. Oh, they're awful. Oh, they're back together. Oh, sweet. The end. But if you like look at it any closer than that, nothing makes sense and it's awful. Yes. I mean, that's absolutely true. And this is the person who picked the adjustment bureau. So like that's pretty high criticism. And I own that. That's fair. That's a fair judgment. I have judgment. Yeah. similar feelings about this as I did to adjustment bureau. That's fair. Except that like this one is like uh, the adjustment bureau is fucking bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> and that's more fun to look at closely. This is like, oh, like, you know, he, it's like the player's ball or whatever that show was. <laughs> it's like it's a. Uh, It's not as fun as Angels. I would say I'd choose City of Angels (laughs) for both Mm -hmm. because that's the level of bonkers I need. What if Ryan Gosling's character was an angel sent to Earth to help Steve Carell get back with his wife? That's just meet Joe Black. So, like, (laughs) we could have done that. Well, it's your pick next week. Maybe we will. It's not my pick next week. We have a special guest next week. So, yeah, maybe we uh, should save 
who that special guest is for when we announce it at the end. So stick with us and uh, we'll have a little fun announcement at the end. Yeah, it's just, it's like Adjustment Bureau. It's so bad it circles back around to good. I don't know. Like, it's like they throw so much money at it. That it makes me laugh, and then but if you look at it even further, it makes any I worse mean, sense, and then that makes me laugh more. So I I don't like I'm laughing on two levels. I saw this in theaters. Oh, did you uh, when it came out? Yes, I I also saw it in theaters. Oh yeah. no shit. Okay, and I remember at the time really disliking this movie, and I couldn't understand why everyone else liked it. And after watching it today, I still don't understand why you guys like this movie or anyone likes this movie. Oh, because it's like a purely misogynistic perspective on a romantic yes! comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It is it is borderline Andrew Tate for the first half of the movie. The only We have to stop calling it that because they are picking up people on a bar and he sex trafficked women. There is a very vast difference between that. Todd, he multiple times says specific talking points that are literally the same. Like when he's talking about how women are basically not smart and that's how you get them home. Like I was like, this is happening in a movie. He generally acts like a living Twitter account that got banned and then unbanned last year. Yeah, he it is, he is basically a proto men's rights activist in this movie. <laughs> And the only part of the movie that I liked both the first time and this time is his relationship with Emma Stone. Yes. Where he finally is vulnerable and that's how they end up in a happy relationship. And we get so little of that in this movie. And it's the one good part of this fucking movie. But then on top of all of that, I cannot for the life of me figure out the point of view of this movie. And I think it's what bothered me the first time. It bothered me again today where somehow before Steve Carell meets Ryan Gosling and even kind of after, everyone wants to make the failure of Steve Carell's marriage Steve Carell's fault. And that makes no goddamn sense to me because she's the one who cheated. She did not communicate her needs. And suddenly he is at fault. It takes two people, bitch. You guys got to be talking to each other. You can't just cheat on someone and be like, well, you got boring. What a fake, like, what a crazy, selfish thing to do. That's maddening. Yeah. And then everyone wants to act like he has to fix it. No, she should have to fix it. She's the one who cheated. The fact that she gets mad at him for sleeping with anybody is mind boggling I'm like you broke up with him because you cheated on him I think the movie even sort of positions it that way I mean in that scene at the end it says it once and then still makes him out to be the asshole for it well I mean listen I don't think that either of them are blameless in this although I do think when he starts sleeping with other people he's free and clear to do that because they are fully separated right and she's free and clear to do that yeah and at no point has she communicated her needs for him at any point that we see on screen. So I say he is free and clear and he doesn't do anything wrong. I think you're right. They're legally separated and not like a little bit like he has his own apartment that he signed the lease on. Oh, yeah. And she's the one who started it. And honestly, if you take the Ryan Gosling part out, maybe he should have got out there and dated some other people and realized he, he loved it. Yeah, you know. I think I do think the subplot with the teacher is hilarious and Me awful. Too. I do. And Marissa Tomei is fucking <laughs> great at it, man. She's great. She's such a great Le- actress. Leave it in. And here's the thing. I understand her being angry. Like, <laughs> yes. that's fine. Yes. yes. Like, whatever. This movie peaks at the parent-teacher conference. It really like, does. I mean... 
kind of does. So that's a huge problem for me because I feel like she is Julianne Moore is played as some sort of weird victim in this movie. And I hate that. And then on top of that, we have the really problematic subplot with the son and the babysitter where she repeatedly is like, you're making me uncomfortable. Stop. And he doesn't stop. And every adult in his life is like, keep going. Like, what are we doing? And then (laughs) this movie literally props itself up on like, like, hey, soulmates, no. People are people with yes. flaws yes. and you need to communicate with them in order to be in healthy relationships. We've had this conversation how many times? We're like- So well, many. It's almost every episode, honestly. <laughs> okay, I have a couple more thoughts. I want to ask one. Go for it. The soulmates thing is always super problematic. Yes. If your yes. soulmate dies, like, are you just bound to be dead forever and alone? Yeah, no, Mikey, 100% agree. But at the end of this, it sets it up like, like his dad wants Robbie- to stalk that girl because yes, it's yes. then not giving up on quote unquote love. Like, that is a terrible message to send your son. It's even worse. This movie's message is basically boys will be boys, but in the end, that works out because yes. all five guys are fighting <laughs> in the grass and all the girls are like, mm-hmm, and then they're all like, oh, we forgive them. And it's like, no, this is all extremely toxic, troubling behavior that's yes, not being the addressed. Only, I would say the only male character with an arc that I like that I think is is a borderline healthy arc is Ryan Gosling who goes from literally saying that women are not intelligent and you have to trick them with flashy things to being vulnerable with someone and considering her an equal and having a healthy relationship with her. I love a good redemption due to love story. And like, I think their Emma Stone and his plot should have been the A plot. Yes. Yes. Her dad should have been the B plot. Yes. And there should have not been a C plot. Well, the C plot being the babysitter stuff. And I listen, I think the babysitter and the son, they're great actors in their own rights. I hated all of their stuff. Well, the, the content <laughs> is troubling, but yes, also that's why I hated it throws it. the pacing off of everything else so badly. Yeah. Like you don't have time for Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling's story to breathe. You could have taken that 15 minutes of the kid and the babysitter story and given that to them. Yeah. And had a better movie. Yes. Because you're right. The best, the, the best romantic scene is when she thinks she's going to sleep with him and they just end up talking all night and sharing things. Yes. And that's the part of the movie where like I knew it was coming because I remembered it from the first time. And I was like, thank goodness. Yeah. Because like this is the one part I like where she's like in the massage chair and everything. And I'm like, this is great. And and she knows who he is and what he's trying to do. Because she goes back. It's like, I'll sleep with you, hot guy who's a slut. And like, and and, she, and and basically, she's like, "Give me your best moves," and then like, they're just having honest conversation. That starts the honest, vulnerable conversation. Yes. Yeah, and I think it captures a more realistic perspective of connecting with someone because everybody's had that thing yes. where you meet someone and talk all night, and it's good. And uh, Stephen Steve Carell's story is okay, but like not as good as that. But again, it it markets him as like you deserve to be cheated on because like I don't know, like you forgot like to dress well. I, I like, I mean, basically, Which, but they do dress him badly. Like they they yes. do on purpose. Correct his wardrobe. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't yeah. think he ever looks as good as when he first comes out of the booth when he's having his she's all that moment because he has so many layers on, guys. He has so yeah. many layers. So I, many. And like, here's the thing. <laughs> I would dress in that many layers, but like he obviously sweats it like downward and I sweat from the forehead a lot. So like I can't wear those many layers without looking like I just came out of the pool. As someone who is married to a person, I would say like if your complaint was, oh, you're boring or, oh, you don't dress well, 
you could just buy them like I can't tell you how many times I've been in a store and been like my husband would look great in that and then I just snagged it and brought it home and guess who's wearing it now (laughs) my husband or something like hey cultivate their interests like talk to them about things that they're interested in yeah like I'm not saying someone being boring is your fault. That's not what I'm getting at. But what I'm getting at is there are open communication channels that prevent that boredom. Like, and I also think you should communicate instead of like throwing yourself out of a car. Yes, absolutely. Like they clearly have a serious communication problem. Yes. yes. <laughs> Where yeah. like it takes him like six months to be like, I miss you. I'm like, this is why she cheated on you. This is the real reason. You cannot express your feelings. But yeah. it's still not okay. You don't no, just get not, to cheat on somebody. Behavior. No. Yeah. That's actually a part of the story that I do sort of appreciate is that he does realize that he contributed to his wife cheating on him. But it was Kevin Bacon. I don't care. Here's the thing. If somebody <laughs> cheats, that's them making a bad decision. I agree. It's not your fault. You are not responsible for it. I agree. Yeah, because they should have told you what they're not happy with you with, or I'm falling in love with someone else. And those are all very painful. Those are all very hard conversations. But anything else is unfair to your partner. Yes. Or like, I have the opportunity to fuck Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Right. I'm I'm taking it. Hey, (laughs) if Jake ever has the opportunity to fuck Beyonce, we have an understanding. So like, don't worry about it. But like, I hate that this movie really does position this as him coming into the knowledge and believing that he was to blame for something that is definitely done to him. And I don't like it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Like, you could say that he's a contributor to the relationship being unhappy, but there's two people there. Yeah. Relationships are systems. So, like, to a certain extent, you allow someone to treat you bad. Like, that's, you have to, you're part of this process. Like, yeah. systems right. theory can get mistaken sometimes of, like, relationship systems of, like, you blame the other person. But, like, when there's two people responsible, a relationship is one thing where two people are responsible. So, if right. someone is mean to you you are also in that relationship you have a responsibility to set boundaries and communicate and also you know when those boundaries are violated to have consequences and 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 like also tell that person they can't do that yeah and you get into these these cycles and it's bad unhealthy that's like what i remember from grad school i don't do any of that stuff for work as someone who's uh, been in therapy for a long time nailed it you got it right right. (laughs) yeah but there's so many people in this movie that are like well this is why your wife cheated on you no your wife cheated on you because she was selfish and didn't value your thoughts feelings anything in the relationship i also think when it's said in the movie that person's on purpose trying to be hurtful but yeah you know i mean like everyone says it when they're air quotes trying to improve him well i mean and that is that is also going on in that like montage type section you're right Paige. but like he could have said like your wife cheated on you leave it alone we're gonna make you hot and like you never have to worry about that stuff again yeah well and Mm -hmm. i feel like the cheating portion ruins their story for me a bit because if she hadn't cheated and it was just like i don't know who we are anymore i feel like i'm growing in a different direction i'm just not happy like maybe we open on a therapy scene or something and then he's going to go on a journey of self-discovery to try and rediscover what makes him happy and maybe try and rekindle that. Yeah. That's a completely different story. And I'm kind of here for that. What I'm not here for is him being cheated on and everyone being like, it's because you're a fucking cuck. And if you were more of a man, this would not have happened to you. <laughs> Which is what this movie says, by the Boy, way. Boys will be boys, Paige. Ugh. And I do agree, Paige. If she didn't cheat on me at the beginning of the movie, I would want them to get back together. Yep. When this movie ends and they're not back together, there's like a, they might, they might get back together sort of moment at the end. But I honestly don't care if they get back together. Like, I would have loved if this movie was about, like, 
if you had to keep that beginning of her cheating on him, that this movie was about him sort of learning how to get over that in hopefully a less toxic way and keeping a good relationship with his ex because they have kids, but maybe finding love somewhere else, right? Yes. And not to say cheating is an automatic relationship ender. I mean, it, it all depends on your That's based on the context. relationship. Yeah, that's like, right. that's for both people to decide. Yeah. Yeah, but I, 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 oh man. I mean, it's rough. It ain't easy. And you can't just blame yourself the whole time. Okay. <laughs> Todd. I'll send you a check for $120, Mikey. <laughs> it's not your fault, Todd. The It's not. Uh, the version <laughs> of cheating in this movie, because what we come to understand is it was kind of a one-time thing. She admits it. She doesn't wait to get caught. No. And so I feel like if there's a version of cheating to work out in therapy and get over, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the version. Um, but... She doesn't even seem to be interested in trying to work it out. She just wants a divorce. Oh, yeah. Well, he wants a divorce, too. It's like they're just both like, we don't know how to communicate. I did this thing. We can't even we don't even have the skills to talk about it. Yeah. I'm like, how did you raise children? I was like, I you have an adult children and you can't talk about things. An adult children, an adult child. Yeah. I mean, Emma Stone's like, what, 24? She's graduating she law school. She has to be school. at least 24 to 25. Yeah. She's got yeah. way up there. Actually, I think I can figure it out because Steve Carell said they had her when he was 17. He's 44 now. Yeah. So she'd be 27. That makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's pretty consistent with law school and sure. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But damn. It was charming, you know? It is charming. I do think Hot Goss is super charming in this movie. That that section, Ryan Gosling's section with Emma Stone is very charming. Yes. I want an entire movie of just that. Even Gosling as a douchebag, you're like, I see why people would just give away their values and be like, I'll go home with him. Did you see his King's Hawaiian rolls? Yeah, he had so many Hawaiian rolls paid. <laughs> like 17. Oh, I know. I would take some <laughs> of his douchebaggery in the beginning knowing that he yes. learns to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And that's a movie that I would gladly watch. Like if we just got like hot goss and Emma Stone's side of the movie, I'm here for that. Like, yeah. But Paige, that movie of like hot goss getting deprogrammed from like the alt-right sort of toxic masculinity. Yeah, the Jordan Peterson like pipeline. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that movie would fit in very well for now. Yeah, but it is also, here's the thing, as much as I like it, it is also this movie saying this one woman can solve all your problems. Yes. And also that sort of really heavily then says soulmates are a thing and like everyone yep. has a missing piece or whatever. But Still hate it. Yep. Which mm -hmm. is super problematic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, we got to get into this. Yeah, like, can we get into this movie so we can go through it scene by scene? Sure. Let's do it. Anyway, we open on Steve Carell and Julianne Moore eating at a restaurant and they're debating whether they're going to order dessert. And they're like, let's see what we want at the same time. One, two, three. And he says creme brulee. And she says divorce, which is rough. I would just hope <laughs> that if I was in this moment and I was Steve Carell's character, I would then respond with, I think I'd rather have the creme brulee. <laughs> <laughs> They've got brownies. <laughs> Why don't we compromise? We both like brownies a la mode. So why don't we if do that? If you get the brownie, I'll get the creme brulee and we get two spoons and we share. Oh, that's like, that is, okay, Paige, I'm only getting dessert with you from now on. That sounds amazing. I don't share much else but dessert. Yeah. Oh, I share divorce. But like my family's. <laughs> Speaking as the only person with a divorce, it was worth it. Okay, but like, was your divorce better than creme brulee? Long term, yeah. Short term, absolutely not. <laughs> 
I like that you thought about it. I had to. Yeah. I mean, like, let's add that. Let's add that Jeopardy sound effect back into the <laughs> podcast. Now, okay. Now, here's what I want to know, though. And you do not. You don't have to answer this if you don't feel comfortable. You I can will fully just cut this out. How how did it get brought up that you guys would get divorced? Ooh, was yeah. it br- was it oh, abrupt yeah, like good this, question. or was it more of a we haven't been happy for a long time? Because if bringing up a divorce surprises your partner, it mm-hmm. means that you haven't communicated mm-hmm. well in a long time. Whereas if somebody's like, I think we should get a divorce, and the other partner's like, Yeah, honestly, then yeah, you've probably been communicating, and maybe you just shouldn't be together. But like. How about you? <laughs> when did the truck say it wanted to drive off? Yeah. <laughs> I was not married to truck executioner. <laughs> that was a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. She acted surprised. I don't think she actually was. Oh, did oh, you so bring you it asked. up? Yes. Okay. So we cut to them coming home, uh, or they're about to come home from the date. We uh, cut to their house where the babysitter and their middle son, we will find out. At this point, we think he's their oldest. Yeah. Uh, the babysitter walks in on him masturbating uh, and Oof. is like, I didn't see anything, which like, it's weird to include in this movie. But I will say. I almost forgot that scene happened. Gotta knock. You absolutely have to knock. Like this babysitter is having their worst night ever because they broke a picture that was totally their fault. And they were just playing, but they, they broke right. a picture and then walked in on the oldest son jerking it. Yeah. Like that's a bad night for a babysitter. Well, and when they break the picture, right? They put their hand over it. Oh, no. So, that you, so this is where you get the first inkling that they have like a thing with Steve Carell, that they have like a crush on him. And it's uncomfortable. I hated it so much. This is not making it better, but it's extra weird because he's the ugly version of Steve Carell in the movie. Like, I think that... That they have a new balance fetish? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say an authority thing where it's more about the role that he plays within his family that she is attracted to as opposed to him specifically. Yeah, that actually makes sense. So we cut to the cars they're driving home. And Julianne Moore is giving more information about why she wants a divorce. And she's like, I'll just say it. I slept with somebody, David Lindenhagen from work. And he's like, please stop. I just want to get out of the car. And I feel like this might be one of those cases where he should definitely not have jumped out of the car 100%. But I also feel like she keeps talking even though he has expressed a limit and a boundary. Because here's the thing. Does he need to talk about this? Yes. Is he maybe in the best emotional space to talk about it? No. No. And so sometimes you just need to be like, I need to calm down. Yeah. And then we can have a better discussion about this. This is a huge problem with me in relationships. Like I am a talker. And like if you if you're with someone who doesn't like to verbally process or needs time to process first before they talk. That's me. It makes me feel anxious. Yeah. And then so I'm like, and they're like, Paige, you have no idea how many women have jumped out of Mikey's Xterra. Well, I I love you, but. It is that is why it is unpleasant arguing with you, even from a joking perspective, because it is relentless, dude. I talk a lot. His brain don't stop. And and at a certain point, it's like I need to just step back so I don't say things that hurt people. That's because, what like, I do, Paige. You don't want to hurt somebody. Yeah. And that's not the goal of talking it out. The goal is not to fight with people. The goal is to have healthy discussions that help you see eye to eye with. I people. still think. Raphael is the best Ninja Turtle, and we're not going to rehash the <laughs> argument. He's cool but rude. I'm with you. I'm with you. Donatello all day. Nah. Oh the only other acceptable choice is Michelangelo because he is also a party dude. He doesn't really help the team. He's the wild card. He's the Charlie See, this of the is, group. I'm not gonna let. I'm not gonna let our podcast break down with this argument continuing. <laughs> I'm with you on Raphael. 
I I enjoy a cool but rude. I feel like I fall in that bucket. Michelangelo is like spacey and rude, so it's even worse. Okay, so which Ninja Turtle are each of us? I feel oh, like man, Mikey and I hard. are kind of both Raphaels, right? Yeah. But you might be more of a Michelangelo because you don't listen. I'm sorry, what was that? I was referring to Mikey. <laughs> oh, sorry. Donatello. <laughs> oh, damn it. I knew I'd be Donatello, though. That makes sense. <laughs> that checks out. Uh, first off, I listen for a living. I, again, don't think I should have to do it outside of work. <laughs> We also pay you. <laughs> yeah, you also make money doing this. Uh, if I get paid for it, honey, I'm not going to give it away for free. <laughs> You're, not. You're not. We pay team. you to be on the podcast. <laughs> but not to listen, to talk. <laughs> That's part of it. It's yes and not shut up, let me talk. <laughs> I think I'm Leonardo. <laughs> there's got to be a quiz. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm sure there's a quiz, and please send it. There's a quiz. I'm more of the brain, you know? <laughs> Do you mean like Pinky in the brain? No, as in he's got testicles. <laughs> I just sent you guys. No, the I'm quiz. taking the quiz. I'm We're taking, taking it right quiz. now, yeah. Taking the quiz. I'm Donatello. I'm Michelangelo. How did that happen? <laughs> I'm Donatello too. That makes well, sense. Well, this obviously is all bullshit. Yeah, I don't trust this quiz. When I'm mad, I have like a strong Casey Jones kind of energy. It, that's largely because you hit people with a cricket bat. It's a hockey stick. Oh, that's right. My bad. <laughs> a cricket bat? He's not <laughs> British. Adolescent karate reptiles. <laughs> like the British version is. Oh. Creatures in the UK. Reptile power. <laughs> it said I'm not any of these because I don't like to sleep in 78 degree weather. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you get for sleeping with sh She liked it colder. Cold-blooded like a turtle. Uh, first off, I have the exact body type of a ninja turtle and Todd does not. <laughs> The self-awareness in that statement is what's great for me. I don't think I've ever been so nerdly skinny shamed. <laughs> You're like not wrong. Though, Mike. I am very aware of what I look like. <laughs> That's very accurate. Yeah. Yeah. They're like muscly, but like roundy muscly. I get yeah, it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love that you're using the word muscly. Like Ryan Gosling in this film. <laughs> yeah. Can we get back to this movie? We have to stop talking about the Ninja Turtles. Uh, anyway, they finally get back to the house <laughs> and the babysitter is like, whoa, what the fuck happened? <laughs> you look like you fell out of a car. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, well, she was fucking cheating on me and we're getting a divorce. And they didn't realize, but their 13 year old son was overhearing it the entire time. Literally heard everything yeah. in there. Oh, and I guess we did miss that. We did briefly cut back and he was like, I know it. I'm sorry you had to see that, but I think about you while I do it, which is. Super inappropriate. So oh, about the jerking off to yeah, 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 yeah. The babysitter yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right? Like Well, that's why God made his parents divorce. <laughs> Cause you touch yourself at night, Robbie. You're also gonna grow hair on your palms. <laughs> that's not true. I've tested it. I think that make it feel better. Yeah, I was like, some people like the way that <laughs> like a mitten. <laughs> they make mittens for that. Do they? Yeah, like fur mittens. Jerk mittens. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have you, okay, I feel like this is a question that people in relationships might ask each other and that's the appropriate time to disclose Okay. this if you are thinking about someone during the act. Have you ever told someone outside of that scenario that that's the case? Like, do we have to be exclusive? <laughs> uh, like exclusively dating someone? No, no, I, I would say consenting adults in a sexual relationship exclusive or not, this is kind of a fair game question. 
I think I've mentioned it in flirty talk before, but it was like a consensual type situation. Yeah, like, I, like I'd say that's fair game. They're like, that's hot. Yeah. Oh, this is back when you were sort of dating Paris Hilton. I remember that. The <laughs> last time I like heard her speak, she was talking about like boarding schools being super abusive. Oh, and yeah, she seemed yeah, very the intelligent and put teen together industry. now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think you'll find she always has been. <laughs> yeah, she's a shrewd business lady. Yeah. I will give her that. Well, I did watch that farmer's show or whatever. Simple that life. farmer's show. Paige knew what <laughs> that, I was talking that about. That farmer's show with that other girl who's related to that music guy. Who was once yeah. dancing on a ceiling somewhere. Yeah. That's hot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, don't tell people you're jerking off about them if they didn't ask. Yeah, I was going to say I've never said that to someone that I wasn't currently in an intimate relationship with. Good. I was just making sure. Otherwise, I was going to turn you guys in. <laughs> like just like a random like a person you know just text them out of the blue and be like hey you'll never guess what i'm doing no i've never <laughs> done that i've never messaged someone randomly like hey i'm gonna jerk it to you i, I feel like that's a line too far without like yeah an appropriate level of flirtation i think with inside of a consensual intimate relationship that shit's awesome outside of yeah. that creepy as fuck yeah, yeah yeah outside of that you would need like a lie detector test and some sort of truth serum to get that information out of me most guys just send it on snapchat <laughs> that is true yeah. anyway he's like i know we're four years apart you're 17 i'm 13 but soon it won't matter because you're my soul soulmate and then the parents come home and interrupt a really troubling conversation <laughs> Again, this is a nightmare for a babysitter. Terrible. Yeah. We cut to the bar where Emma Stone is with her friend and she expresses having a crush on Conan O'Brien, which is a thing in this movie, but it is also in a handful of other movies as well in this time period. I've never understood it. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's very funny. Yo, Conan O'Brien can get it, though. He's like a tall handsome rich very funny dude like i get why you'd be attracted to him if you were into dudes he had a big pr push where he had a bunch of movies right in that people had crushes on him in movies i think it's yeah it's what i would do with money anyway but this is where we find out that she's going to be a lawyer but that she is dating somebody yeah josh groban uh josh yeah. groban in his first feature <laughs> film role okay i realize he is a singer and he acts like yes. he's a singer but he's fine he does a fine job in this movie i have seen him be very very funny in other things yes he was in the office, right? As Andy Bernard's brother and stuff. Like, I think he he's actually pretty solid. Yeah, it's... He definitely seems like a boyfriend. I'd be like, this is the guy that you want to like... Oh, and I love that she, like her friend is just like grilling her over that. She was like... You mean the only character in this movie I connected to? <laughs> oh, I love her friend. I do. I don't love that her friend is like advocating for her cheating on oh, him. Yeah. But like, I right. do, other than that, like her friend. I think all the way up to you guys should break up is sort of fine. Yeah. Uh, but like you should cheat on him behind his back. It's not good advice. Yeah, that's not good advice. Yeah. Anyway, so Ryan Gosling comes up and kind of like negs her friend out of the way and is like, no, 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 not you. You redhead with the weird open mouth laugh. You. <laughs> yep. Wait, I get to tell my story. You have a story? Mikey, when do you not get to tell your story that justifies the <laughs> level of excitement you started that statement with? Okay. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. 
Please, Mikey, regale us with this story. It doesn't make me sound great. When do they? I was about to say, that is not uncommon with your this stories. This is pretty standard for a Mikey story <laughs> so far. I'm just going to let you know. But this is like peak single Mikey, like peak single Mikey. So this is recent. No, we're in like the sad single Mikey era. Which oh, is- this is your sad single Mikey phase? Yeah, not like, let's go out on a Tuesday single Mikey error. I got you. Pre-podcast what was your, time. What was your rock bottom of single singleness? I think mine was making out with a male model behind a bar. How about you? I think I have the exact same story, Paige. There you Paige, go. Paige, that sounds like peak awesome singleness, so I don't really understand what you're talking about. I, I don't know. So my buddy, who, he's really cool, but he was kind of a ladies' man, you know, mm. like kind of a Ryan Gosling type. A hot Goss. Yeah, I get it. And mm-hmm. he's like, you got to come out. And I was like, I already worked 12 hours that day. And I was like, no. And he's like, yo, her friend looks like Emma Stone. I'd have been there so fast, Mikey. I bro, know. I know. Bro, I no. know. This is Todd. This is like your kryptonite. <laughs> and I was like, no way. And he, he's like, showed her your picture. I think she'd be into you. We're drinking. And it's like nine o'clock at night. And like, I'm already kind of old Mikey at this time. So I'm like, nine o'clock's kind of late to like take a shower and go do stuff. <laughs> And he like sent me a picture and I was like, holy shit, she looks just like Emma Stone. <laughs> Fucking, I was there in 20 minutes, showered, dressed up. Hell I yeah, was like, <laughs> We made out that night. Hell yeah, Mikey. She never texted me or called me ever again. Mm-hmm. I did not give that male model any contact information for me. <laughs> that was my moment in the sun. Thank you, L.A. Jackson, <laughs> which is a rooftop bar downtown. Nice. I know the L.A. Jackson, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? Um, I'm actually close personal friends with Emma Stone, and she uh, thinks about you nightly. She tells me often, yeah. I, I wish. I, I get it. I'm like a solid like seven. I mean, I'm, I mean, like, I try to be realistic about you're way hotter than a seven. Are you kidding well, me? Well, I would say you're a Nashville seven, definitely. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 Ninja Turtle, like nine. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't met yeah. my April, but like, uh... <laughs> I used to tell people that I was an LA four and a comedian sixteen. Also true. We're not an attractive bunch. No, we are not. That's why we got funny. Yep. Mine's the trauma. Yeah, Mikey, same. (laughs) Do you think I'd be this funny if my brother was alive? (laughs) Anyway, but like having a really way more attractive person make out with me was really nice for my self-esteem. I met my male model at Trivia and wowed him with my smarts and sarcasticness. I I love that. that. (laughs) It was pretty great. I had a very similar experience, Mikey, except I didn't just make out with this person, but um, yeah, it was like right after- one-up me. This is not a contest. I'll one up both of you. His name was Alejandra. (laughs) Alejandra. He had very dark features but then bright blue eyes. Really cool looking. That's your, like, you're just describing every guy you dated until you married Jake, who is also that guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you've made out with Emma Stone. Lookalike. It was definitely her under a fake name. Yeah. Then she came back on my Bumble because she was a flight attendant. Oh, that's what she says as her cover page because she travels so much. Yeah, because she's getting so tired of the douchebags on Raya. Like, no, I get it. My Raya application still hasn't gone. (laughs) (laughs) If you people would make this podcast more famous, I could get on the good dating app for famous people. Stories, Mike. Yeah, this is I'm doing it for y'all. So he hits on her and she's like, no. And he's like, hey. Let me try and close the sale. You're never going to regret going home with the hot guy from the bar the one time, which, by the way, I will say he could be a murderer. So you could regret that. Yeah. I feel like many films have taught us this. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But then he's like, I can't guarantee that you won't not regret 
<laughs> like if you don't go that you won't be like that guy and then when she calls him on the double negative in that sentence he becomes mikey randolph and says you're a double negative <laughs> okay so there was a part of me was like if i was really hot would this be my life i wrote that in my notes i'm not <laughs> even joking mikey um but i wrote it down right here i was like everything he says after she calls him the double negative i was like mikey would have said this 100 percent. yeah i mean it's not even necessarily just attractive i think attractive helps I think it's more confidence than attractive because yeah. I have seen dudes nowhere near as hot as Ryan Gosling pull this off. Yeah. I'm just saying if I had Kings of Ryan roles, I would be that confident. Yeah. I, I mean, but then you would always wonder if people liked you for you or your King's Hawaiian roles. She likes me for me, not because <laughs> I have King's Hawaiian roles. <laughs> that was such a deep cut. I'm so sorry. <laughs> She's so high. That's Tal Bachman. Well, what the fuck? It's the same song, basically. Uh, so she leaves. She does not take him up on his offer. No. Well, she's still with Groban, right? Like, yeah. I feel like if she had done this, we would have the same problems with Ryan Gosling and her relationship that we have with Julianne Moore and Steve Carell's relationship. Which I will argue the only reason Josh Groban is in this movie at all is to push Emma Stone out of her comfort zone to go back to Ryan Gosling. I think so. To put her in a situation where she wants to have a rebound. Yes. So... We cut to Steve Carell driving the babysitter home. This this conversation between the two of them is like wild because he's not listening to her. Thank goodness. Well, yeah, his complete obliviousness to her very overt advances throughout this film yes. is sort of weirdly wholesome. Like he is a middle aged man that like just sees this 17 year old girl as a girl, not as an option at all. Yes. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah, like doesn't even like entertain it to the point where he's completely oblivious to it. I realize she's still coming on to him and that's not good. Right. But the fact that he's oblivious to it is what I'm specifically talking about. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. That is something I appreciate because she literally tells him in the scene, like, I have a crush on you and he doesn't respond to it. He doesn't listen to it. I don't even think he heard it, honestly. I don't even think he heard it. Yeah, he's like, don't tell your parents about the divorce. <laughs> well, and he has... I will admit, oversharing a little bit about his current relationship because he just heard about it. Yeah. But I could see, because I was 17 once and my brain was stupid, him sort of oversharing this as specifically because she already has a crush on him. Yeah, he as, trusts me with this information. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, like, I get why she would think that. It's I, I get why they would think that at 17, you know, but that's right, clearly right, not right. what's going on for Steve Carell in this scene. Right. Well, he tells everyone from this point forward the same thing over and over and <laughs> yes. over again. Yes. Yeah. So we cut to the bar, and this is where he kind of sees Ryan Gosling, and he won't stop talking to everyone about David Lindhagen. Which, I am not, like, a bar person because I don't drink. Although I will admit the bar that they go to in this, that's like their bar. I think I would enjoy going there and hanging out. No, that's like, the kind of bar I like at, yeah. at this point in my life. I like a nice, fancy cocktail bar that's kind of quiet. Exactly. I want to go somewhere mm -hmm. we can talk, right? Yes. And I drink old fashions like freaking wine. I was like, oh no. I'm only in if they have food. So And they do. You see him eating food there at one point. So same. In yeah. Tennessee, or at least in Nashville, it's a law that they have to actually be a restaurant to be a bar. Really? Uh -huh. Now, some of that food really blows, I, that's but they fine. do have it. They have to serve <laughs> food or they have to have a food truck connected with them. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, that is not the law here. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, a couple times a year, I might have an old-fashioned or something like that tops, but 99.9% .9 of the time, I'm not drinking. And so I have, I have had to explain to my drinking friends that I'm like, 
can we please go somewhere with food or something? Something for me to do as well. Something for me to do because sometimes bars don't even have like usually I get lucky and they have mixers and I can get a Diet Coke. Sometimes they don't. Yeah, that's a like that has happened too. where I've got fucking nothing. Same. And so I'm like, please take me somewhere where I can order mozzarella sticks and you guys can get drunk and we'll all have an equal amount of fun. Yeah, exactly. Or like we can all play trivia or something. But I guess my question something. is in this, it feels weird to me that he would go to the bar by himself just to drink. Like, oh, people do that, though. I know. But and maybe it's because he doesn't yet have his own place. Yeah, no, 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 no. You reach a certain age where you're like, I don't give a fuck energy. We're like, I've definitely taken a book into a bar and drank yeah. three old fashions while I drank all, while I read all night. Okay, I don't mind. Like, that's great because you are having your night out and you're not making it other people's problems that David Lindhaven gave your wife the D. Like, he is being very obnoxious at this bar. But, like, that's what bar flies do, which is yes. like where they're lonely and they go and talk to each other the whole time. Yep. I just don't know anything about that culture. Honestly, I don't. As a woman, I never felt comfortable going to bars alone in that scenario. I didn't feel safe. Absolutely. That makes sense. Uh, unless it was a gay bar. I would go to a gay bar alone. But usually it was to like meet friends that were already there yeah. or yes. whatever. But men, in my experience, do go to those bars alone. The male model went to trivia alone. Like we were a trivia group and he joined our group. Yeah. It's still weird. Yeah. How dare you? Alejandro was a loving gentleman for the night. Right, Paige? He was fine. <laughs> he was fine. <laughs> he was no Jake. We, we, we did not have sex. But he, we just made out. He was fine, I guess. <laughs> and a lot of my guy friends are like this. Like Alejandro? No, I don't have an Alejandro friend because no male models will talk to me. Because um, <laughs> they're intimidated by, by my looks. looks yeah exactly yeah, yeah, i mean that yeah, makes yeah, sense yeah. i mean i would be as well if i was a male model i'd be like if i'm friends with mikey then casting directors see mikey right i'm never gonna work again and i think a lot of guys are like this and this could be sexist or whatever but like when, when my <laughs> friends are upset you like they're like let's i'm really upset we need to talk we just go to a bar sit at the bar have like a beer or something and talk Right. And like I've done that when I'm upset, like where he's in his situation. And I've met my friends at a bar to do that with them, right? Except for Chris. Right. The person I built that damn trampoline for. <laughs> Let's talk about Bleep the his last name, time. but leave the trampoline part in. <laughs> yeah. Bleep it all. I don't care. He'll know. I don't know if he listens to this. <laughs> he does. Last time he needed a guy's night to like vent about work or whatever. He's like, meet me at this place. We'll like have a beer and dinner or whatever. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like a cool trendy bar or whatever. He's like, yeah, we'll go to Josephine. And I was like, okay, I've never been there or whatever. And the reason I've never heard of it or been there because it's on 12 South and it's like an old people's restaurant. And we're like, I mean, like sat down and it was like couples on dates. And I was like, this is guy's night, right? And like. We still had to vent and stuff, but like we did it over a bottle of red wine and like bruschet. And I was like, this is not, this is not really my thing, Chris. Bruschet? What's bruschet? I think he means bruschetta. Paige, oh, okay. does this not sound like a fucking great evening out with a friend? Like that sounds dope. I mean, I, I'm not a wine person, but I love a good old person restaurant. <laughs> Yeah, no, but that that's how, especially because I don't drink, that's most of how my venting things goes. Yeah. Is like, let's find a place with greasy, cheesy food, and then we'll just talk about it while we eat things that are terrible for us. This was not that. This was like a fancy old people's couples restaurant. Weird. Where like, our waitress was like, I was like, we're here for a guy's night. And she's like, what? <laughs> like, a, like a steak and lobster joint? Yeah, it's kind of like that. And I was like, I was like, okay, $30 pasta, great. Uh, and I was oh. <laughs> And I was like, he's having an upset time, and he invited me here to Josephine, obviously a place where you 
meet your guy friends over wine and talk about, you know, your problems. And she's like, interesting, interesting. I'm like, yeah, it is interesting. Uh, I have a friend where we like quarterly have an Olive Garden date where we go to Olive Garden talk shit. Oh, that sounds honestly (laughs) pretty great. We're we're due, honestly. We got to go. Have you ever talked shit over unlimited breadsticks? I have. When you're talking shit at Olive Garden, you're talking shit about the family. Family. (laughs) Uh, Many, many times. Uh, and, And we go, we wait until it's like unlimited pasta bowl or something. We'll be like, I saw the commercials. Let's go. Anyway, we cut to his office where his boss is like, hey, you've actually been doing great this quarter. Good job. And he's like, who told you about my divorce? And they were like, oh, we just heard you crying and thought it was cancer. Thank God it's just a divorce. (laughs) I love this scene so much because honestly, they're being super supportive. Like they're being good friends. But it puts him in the position of being like, oh, no, thank God I'm just getting divorced. No, thank God it's just the end of my relationship. He ends the scene by saying, thanks, it feels good. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really funny to me. the whole office is clapping around him because he's getting divorced. It is such a funny scene. Paige, and I don't know if you've like supervised like this where you're like, Hey, just want to check in with these numbers. Make sure you're doing okay. Oh, yeah. And then like just the people just start sobbing, and you're like, "Oh, okay." I here here's the thing. <laughs> I've been the person who sobbed. Unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Been there. So he's moving out, and she's like, "Can I back the truck out of the driveway for you? Because you're bad at it." Which is, I think, the movie's attempt to emasculate him further. Yes, which absolutely. So many is. things in this movie are directed at like, well, this is a thing a man should do, and I'm like, anyone with good depth perception <laughs> and good. Dri- driving skills can back something out of a driveway like come on now like they, they put a lot of weight on like the straw looking phallic and stuff and i'm like this is some bullshit yeah yeah i am not a big mini straw drinker for the record i don't like mini straws i like big old straws <laughs> well especially with alcohol i usually sip i don't usually do oh yeah straw. alcohol no straws mm-hmm. at all yeah no straws. because you know it's like a tiny penis yeah no, i mean for, <laughs> this, this is the real reason why i have straw rules uh for alcohol i used to only drink things out of highball glasses for the most part that's just the types oh, of drinks yeah. that i ordered mm-hmm. were always highball but for like sodas there was a pint glass and my boobs are too close to my mouth. And so if I try to like tip a glass back, I end up spilling all over my shirt. And it literally like ruins. I've stained so many shirts that way. But a straw allows me to kind of pull a glass to the side and sip out of it. I know this is a very unique problem. <laughs> I mean, I just didn't realize that that was a thing in your life. And that's like, interesting. Yeah. when they tried to like ban straws, I was like, fuck. <laughs> Like, what am I going to do? My tits are never going to recover from this. <laughs> ruin every shirt I own. <laughs> I definitely, like, pulled a meatloaf. I was like, I'll do anything for the environment. But I won't, but I won't do that. Give on straws. <laughs> I would do anything for frogs. I'm glad that they have come up with biodegradable straws that are not paper. Yes. Very happy about that. Same. Anyway, back to this movie. So... He also, as he's leaving, is like, you got to fertilize all these planters and shit. And she's trying to, like, keep talking to him about their separation where she's just like, we got together young and I don't really, maybe I'm having a midlife crisis. I don't know. Can women have a midlife crisis? Yes, anyone can. Yeah, everyone can have a midlife crisis. They can do almost anything a man can do. Yeah. Anything he can do, you can do better. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, and she admits that she said she had to work, but instead she went and saw Twilight by herself. Which, like, just tell people that you need to go sit in Twilight by yourself. I've done that. I do love when she's like, it was so bad. 
It, yeah, so bad. <laughs> we should probably do some of those movies. I know. We got to do more of them. I know. They just get crazier and crazier. <laughs> I can't wait. It's been so long. And I remember how crazy the first one was. Oh, the first one's the least crazy. That makes me so excited to watch the rest of it. The, the first one's the least crazy. I would say as far as craziness goes from least to craziest, I would say it goes one, three, two, four. Four is absolutely the craziest, but two is also fucking nuts. And so I'm glad that that's the next one we have. I can't wait. Yeah. Anyway, so she's like, I don't know when we stopped being us. And he was like, I'm pretty sure it was when you screwed David Lindenhog, <laughs> which is a great rebuttal uh, if this was a roast battle. Anyway. He goes back to the bar and his friend Bernie meets up with him and has bought him cologne because he's like, we can't be friends anymore. Which like, guys, be grownups. I know, right? I don't know, man. When your friends break up, you do kind of have to choose one. No, not you don't. don't have to. You do not. You, I mean, unless unless there was domestic abuse involved sure. or something like that. Yeah, but then it's not or, a mutual or some, break. Yeah. something else, you sure. know, or whatever. If it's just a regular ass divorce, you do not have to choose. You can stay friends with both of them and should, I would say. Yeah. I love how he treats them later in the movie where he's just like, thanks for the cologne. Gotta go. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's back at the bar. He's talking about, you know, he's saying the word cuckold a million times. He's like yelling it at the bar. It's so crazy. And this is where Ryan Gosling is like, get over here shut the fuck up. <laughs> and he's like, I know all that because I've been here for two nights and you just keep fucking saying it and this sounds harsh, but you need to hear the truth. You need to stop fucking talking about it because you are you got the wrong haircut, wrong size clothes. I love this scene because he's like, I know the name of the guy your wife cheated on you with. Do you know yeah. why? Why would I know something so intimate about your life? Because he's also sleeping <laughs> with your wife? Nope. So funny. And, and here's the thing. I am all for... When you go through a breakup or something, taking a stab at some new fashion, getting a new haircut, go for it. What I hate in this conversation, he's like, you need to rediscover your manhood. First of all, manhood is a spectrum for people to access at different points in different ways in their lives. Secondly, that's not the reason she cheated on him. Like, this is, it's not connected. Like, this is not a thing. Um, Yeah. And when he's like, do you know where you lost it? He says 1984, which is, I assume when they got married, which is kind of a fucked up way to talk about your marriage in general. (laughs) I assumed it was when Emma Stone was born, but it may be when they got married too, obviously. Right. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he's like, when we're done, she's going to rue the day that she gave up on you, which also I'm like, that's fine, too. In this kind of a situation where someone cheat on a person and hurt them and then did the breaking up, it is absolutely fine to be like. I'm going to focus on me and be the best me I can be. And that person is going to see that they made a mistake. And I don't have to get back with that person. But I'm just going to... Success is the best revenge, essentially. One of the things that I love about this movie and this part of the movie is the she's all that moment that we get between two men. Because we, like, never get that in, like, rom-coms. And that is the part of their friendship that I really like. Everything else is very toxic and gross. Yeah, you don't get a lot of good bromance, like a guy of good uh, men supporting men kind of scenes. Yeah. And this one's not that great either because he like whispers yeah. really mean stuff to him the whole time. He does. <laughs> it is pretty wild. I mean, I, I'm not sure we're quite to the montage yet, though, Paige. Yeah. We're, we're about to hit it. So yeah. he tells him he's like, meet me tomorrow at Century City Mall. Bye. And slaps him on the way out a couple times. Yeah. But we cut to his apartment, which is not a bad apartment. It's actually kind of nice for Los Angeles. But he has set up the babysitter so that they can watch his kids while he goes to the mall. Yeah. But this is already 
strange between the babysitter and the son who is just like, you're only four years older than me. I'm in love with you already. It's like, and now she's, now they're stuck in this apartment with that kid for like ever. The babysitter, yeah. I mean, I only assume that the babysitter took this job because they're in love with Steve Carell's character. Or, you know, they yes. think they're in love, right? Right. And they think, well, maybe if I show up early, the kids won't be there yet and I get some private time with him. But the kids are there already. Right. But like that was my only way I could think why that babysitter would take this job after that experience with the child. I mean, money. I was like, That's true too, Paige. And my parents yeah. were like, we're getting a babysitter. I'd be like, no. Yeah, I I was babysitting at 13. I was watching other people's children at 13. The child, whose name I believe is Robbie, yeah. he does say that actually in this scene. He's yes. like, I don't need a babysitter. We're pretty much the same age. They need to know that. Yeah. Here's where we keep the dog food and you're a horse. Like that <laughs> that's exactly the same, you know, scenario. Anyway, he leaves them in the apartment and we cut to Emma Stone's, I, I believe it's her, like, finishing law school about to take the bar party yeah. at El Torito Grill. Yeah, because we get two at this grill, right? And the first one is she graduated law school and is right. going to take the bar. And usually you take it a month or two, three months after you finish right. law school. Right. Uh, and this is where her best friend is just like, you're going to marry that guy? Because he leans over and is like, hey, we're going to throw one when she passes the bar. You should be there because it's going to be a very special thing. Yeah, which tees up this conversation that between Emma Stone and her friend that like maybe he's going to propose. Do you even really right. want him to propose? You know, like that whole thing. Yeah. And her friend is just like, not to big sister you, but what do you see in this deal? <laughs> like, what is happening? And she is very funny in this scene. She's like, really him? Really? Okay, okay, yeah, okay. That's that fine. <laughs> you had to make your own choices. But like, really? Like, it's just she's very <laughs> funny. I love it. Yeah. So she leaves. We cut to the Century City Westfield Shopping Center, where Ryan Gosling is eating pizza in a suit. Risky, but I appreciate the swag. He throws <laughs> his New Balance shoes away. Not away. He throws them off the second story of a mall. And almost hits somebody. And you hear people yelling below. Yeah. You do, which this mall in particular is, it's a real mall. I mean, it looks like every mall I've ever been to in California. Yeah, our, you know, all our outdoors. Fancy, yeah. Outdoors. Not all of the, it's, that's a Southern California thing. Well, Northern yeah, California, yeah, 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 they're yeah. indoors. But yeah, this one is outdoors and it's two stories, but they're all kind of open in the center. Yeah. And it's all just these like glass. So if you dropped something over, there's like crowds of people. Like the fact that he doesn't hit somebody with those shoes <laughs> is kind of a miracle. Anyway. This is where we get the montage of you should wear this, not that. Your head is a styrofoam peanut. You've got under eye skin. <laughs> like, that looks like Hefner's ball sack or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he's got the Velcro wallet. Like he's when he pulls out that wallet and Hot Goss's reaction to it is so funny. So funny, yeah. man. I love it. Like, what? I really do like Ryan Gosling. Same. I do. This made me want to go watch a drive. You've said that a few times in the past few episodes. And I love that movie. I'm going to go watch it, too. I do, too. Anyway, and he's consistently slapping him. I do like that he says, be better than the gap. Which, yes. here's the thing. Clothing is expensive. Not yeah. everyone has the same access to clothing and clothing prices and clothing sizes. I get it. This is not meant to be an, an indictment if you wear the gap. Right. Uh, but I will never forget last year when my stylist made me buy really nice jeans. And I was just like, fuck. I don't, this seems excessive for jeans. And you know what? I still have those pair of jeans. They're basically as good as the day I bought them. Yeah. They're the best pair of jeans that I own. I reach for them every time. 
And I'm just, I would never go back. I'd be like, I understand. And maybe I only can afford one pair of these. (laughs) But like, I I do appreciate Ryan Gosling being like, you're an older dude. You have money. You wear standard sizes. (laughs) Let's upgrade. Let's look great. Like, life is too short to wear clothes that look bad on you and clothes that you hate. So, you know. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Anyway, so he takes him for a haircut and he asks the girl who is basically styling his hair, like, would you sleep with him? And she's like, yeah, why not? And he's like, wait, what? I do love his reaction to that. Yeah. It's so great. And it's also weirdly wholesome. He's like, oh, really? What are you saying? Like, what is happening right now? Yeah, well, and then he says, like, hey, she started doubting you the second you started talking, which this first part of advice that he gives him is actually good advice. It's accurate. Yeah, it is accurate because if somebody's like, yeah, I would. You have to be like, of course you would. Like you, you have to just or agree. at least be like, that's so kind. Thank you. <laughs> don't like don't immediately rush to this like reaction where it's clear. You're like, oh, your tastes are gross because you want to sleep. No, yeah, I'd yeah, be yeah. like. What's your number there? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, like, Friend. when's your lunch break? Like, <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. I might need some help in the fitting room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the next thing he says is when he says your wife cheated on you because you lost sight of your manhood and stuff. And I'm like, nope, she cheated <laughs> on you because she was selfish. <laughs> yeah, and couldn't have a conversation with you. Yep. Which is just probably a result of a lot of complex problems that yep. lasted a very long time in that relationship. Yeah, for sure. So, Absolutely. For sure. Mm-hmm. The least of which being, air quotes, manhood. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably very low on the list. And he's like, well, how many women have you been with? And Steve Carell's like, what, like sex? And he's like, no, breakdance fighting. Which <laughs> I, <do. laughs> I love these two <laughs> jokes. This one and then he goes one and he goes oh no i don't mean like at the same time at, at the same I just like, mean like total. total how many women have you been with and he's like no i i knew what you meant and i still answered it correctly right right yeah. and this is where we get the montage of him uh, trying to teach him how to approach women and like the way that ryan gosling approaches these women is very troubling yeah and here's the thing i have seen this shit work have you yes if you're that hot you can pull it off oh okay yeah which is what he's going with i mean yeah that's like when my friend henry was trying to give me dating advice he was like i just go up to him and tell him i want to sleep with them and it like works and i was like yeah but your last (laughs) name's cavill so like doesn't work work for me I have to make one or 14,000 many jokes to get somebody that interested in me. Can I buy you a drink and then also make you laugh for like hours? Putting in the work, Mikey. I respect Putting in the work. (sighs) Uh, I have a a handful of, of male friends who could, within moments of speaking to somebody, get somebody. Yeah, it's wild. That is wild. To watch it in person, you're just like, damn. Can I tell you guys a story I'll probably end up cutting out of the podcast? Sure. Sure. So my friend Jeff was a lawyer at Sony for a long time. He's no longer there. But Mm -hmm. they had an international team come in and he was like, Hey man, they have a CPA from Ireland that like, you know, yeah. you should come to the bar and and just like hang out with us. But he was thinking, he was like, she's super hot. I'm into it. Let's see what happens. So I went like just to back him up and it was very clear that she was more into me. And so he, he texted me while we were talking and he was like, go for it, dude. But you have to reimburse me for the drinks. <laughs> Of course. I love that. We didn't end up sleeping together or anything. Like we didn't even kiss or anything. She was a cool lady, but she was going back to Ireland. Like I'm not I don't I don't like one night stands. It's not for me. Yeah, me too. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've done them. It's just I'm not at that point in my life anymore. Like it's not for me. Yeah, yeah me either. But like if they happen, whatever. Sometimes <laughs> you just need validation. That's a really unhealthy way to get validation. <laughs> I'm talking about the movie. Sure. But also like, yeah. 
<laughs> but also like been there anyway we, we cut through a whole just like a giant montage of him basically taking women home and just like walking like literally leaving steve carell at the bar after like trying to show him what to do yeah and it ends with them basically handing him the bill for 837 dollars <laughs> it very much is a like apprenticeship program that ryan gosling yes. is running him through right he's like watch how i do it and once I'm successful for the night, I go home. Whatever you do yeah. at that point is up to you. I don't really care. Yeah. You said $837? Yeah. In in 2011 money. So if you adjust the $837 to today's dollars, that's $1,088. That was that bill. I mean, I've been to like corporate functions where stuff was that expensive. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But you're not paying for it. No. God, no. Uh, so uh, we cut to Julianne Moore's office where we finally meet David Linden Hagen, uh, who is Kevin Bacon. Dude, when I realized this movie was sitting on Kevin Bacon for 30 minutes, I was like, damn, they put money in this movie. Yes. And Marissa yes. Tomei. I know. Because yeah. th they are both legitimate stars who are like yes. third or fourth build in this movie. No, like fifth and sixth build in this movie. Well, and David Lindenhagen, a.k.a. Kevin Bacon. Right. He clearly wants to generate some sort of relationship from the one night stand that they had. I think he's into her. Yeah. 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 And I think she's maybe not sure yet. Although we they do try dating a little bit as they go. I think she cheated because she wanted out of her relationship. Yeah. And I think he was a part of that because he was like into her. Like he's not well, it, a hero by any means because no. he was a part of that as well. But I do think he actually would like to pursue a relationship with her. I mean, she is Julianne Moore. I know. So. Right? Yeah, Moore. absolutely. I get it. Anyway, I think workplace relationships can be very, very tricky because I think you are around those people working together with them, solving problems with them eight hours a day or whatever. Yeah. And it's very easy to get attached to just that version of that person and imagine that they don't have any of the problems or anything that you have at home because you're only seeing that one version of them. I think that's how a lot of like work spouse affairs happen. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. And then they forget that like, hey. That's a person too. They also have shit going on at home. Also ruins your work environment because like any yeah. perception of bias or impropriety is bad in a professional environment. Yep. Mm -hmm. We cut to school in an English class where he is texting the, the son Robbie is texting the babysitter uh, and sh the babysitter actually texts back and says, stop, you're making me uncomfortable. And he keeps texting. But then also they're lecturing on the Scarlet Letter. And this movie, either the people who wrote this movie have never read Scarlet Letter or completely misunderstand the themes and the points of that book because they use it in such a crazy way in this movie. Where he like, he's like, <laughs> This is how I express my love to express you. Express my love. And I'm like, that's not it at all. Like, Easy A with Emma Stone also uses Scarlet Letter, but they use it correctly with similar themes. Like, it makes sense. But this movie presents the claiming of a Scarlet Letter as if it is a loving act. And that is not the case in the book. But that is very much the way it's positioned. But it does feel like... A 13-year-old who didn't really do the reading assignment is now yeah, trying to, no. like, take that IP, like, take that story and make it his own, but he doesn't quite understand the story at all. I can't figure out why, as a screenwriter, you would use that IP. I mean, I guess if you wanted to argue that he misunderstood it, but then it, just looks, like you, then it just looks like you misunderstood it. 
Oh, <laughs> babe, like... no, I agree. I don't think you should have to play like 40 chess trying to figure out why it makes sense. It should <laughs> just make sense. It I don't makes think... sense from a male being like, oh, that woman wearing that A is because she loves me so much. <laughs> that she didn't out me as the father of her baby. <laughs> right. Because like that's what it is in the book is that like Hester Prynne is forced to bear the full punishment of being an unwed mother because she won't out the father of her child. Like, yeah. it's bad. It's not good. Well, they don't even use any of the themes from the Scarlet Letter. They just like... Did you look up a quick a reading guide about Scarlet Letter right now? Or have you read Scarlet Letter? I've, I've read, read Scarlet Letter, but it's been since like fucking high school. Sure. So I don't yeah, remember yeah, it at sure. all. But it, it, it feels like they just wrote it and were like, the Scarlet Letter. Okay, cool. That's all the information you need to understand what he does later when you see that red J on his chest. And like, yeah, they just didn't want any other themes from that book in this at all. Yeah. Well, because the A is not for anybody's name. It's for adultery. Yeah. Adulterer. Anyway, so he stands up in class because he gets called on and he's like, I think the A was for assholes and just says asshole a million times. So his mom has to pick him up from the principal's office. Yeah. Which... I feel like, because the principal's like, what about a swear jar? At no point is anyone like, so you're going through a divorce and it seems like he's having a tough time. Can we maybe set up some time to speak to right. school counselor? <laughs> like, Anyway, she takes him back to the office <laughs> and they have kind of a very interesting heart to heart conversation about like, how's your dad doing or whatever. Although I feel like she is putting a lot of her emotional well-being onto him as a child, which is maybe not great. Yeah, I mean, it is sort of a nice open conversation, but you also have to remember that he is only 13 years old. Correct. This is going to sound terrible, and I hope this doesn't happen. I don't expect this to ever happen. But if my parents got divorced today, I'd expect to have this conversation. Yeah, right. As a child, no. Yeah. But in the process of this, he meets David, and he knows who David is. Uh, He certainly heard his name a lot. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Kevin Bacon tries to be like, so I hear you're the soccer player. And he's like, look up, bro. Like, I do love that Robbie's reaction to that is like, oh, yeah, well, I hear you're fucking my mom. Yeah, I hear you broke up my parents' yeah. marriage is what he says. <laughs> but this is where it takes a wrong turn. Because he's like, here's the thing. She winds up back with my dad because he's a better guy and they're soulmates, which is why I'm not going to stop making Jessica feel uncomfortable. And you're like, no. No, that is not the lesson here, buddy. No. Like, oh, no. no. Uh, we cut to the gym where Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell are working out. Yeah. But this is where this is where it gets Andrew Tatey. Because this is where he says, we won the war of the battle of the sexes. We won it the second they did pole dancing for exercise. So this, like, essentially, like, we can trick them into whatever we want them to do, which is real troubling. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah, I think a sociopath describing his methods is always going to be a little unsettling to hear. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But this is where we cut through this montage of him towel-less at the gym, uh, and we end up at the bar, and he's like, you're as ready as you're ever going to be. It's time for you to hit on people. And he points out Marissa Tobey. Yeah. And he's like, look, she's here alone. She's looking for an opportunity. I have Mr. Miyagi'd you where you've been able to watch me. So just take <laughs> it from there. <laughs> and he does initially try to use the same tactics. And it goes terribly. And I love it that. It goes terrible, especially because those tactics only work in a certain vibe. And if you don't have that vibe, you can't pull it off. 
And honestly, you probably shouldn't. They're not great. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this is not really a way you should act anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll grant uh, you, Paige, that it does probably work sometimes. But Oh, yeah. No, here's the thing. It works. Would something kinder also work? Yes. Definitely, yes. It, like, does it work? Yes. Is it your only option? Absolutely not. Stop. Anyway, <laughs> he eventually just starts being vulnerable and honest with Marissa Tomei. And so they end up going home together. And that is like her cake her kink. page. She can't get enough of his honesty. Hey, right. I don't know if you've <laughs> been in your 30s and you're just like, if you're willing to just tell me the truth. And Marissa Tomei, she looks like Marissa Tomei in this oh, movie. Oh, she looks great. Oh, yeah. You mean the always gorgeous Marissa Tomei? Yeah. And yes. to posit this man who's never slept with someone but one person not getting attached to this woman is nay impossible. She does seem that potentially this is part of a kink that he may not share, is what I will say. What, honesty? <laughs> but specifically the way that he is doing it. Like, I feel like this is maybe... A little too much for him? It's a bit much. I think she might be a little overwhelming and that's not a problem with her, but rather just maybe they're not a good match. Yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that would love to find this type of Marissa Tomei. That's great. Yeah. Good for mm -hmm. them. Yeah. There is a shot in this scene where she puts her leg up on the ottoman that is actually a shot-for-shot -shot recreation of a shot from The Graduate. Yeah, okay. And often the one that's on the movie poster. But if people think that's a romance romantic movie i have so many more questions and you should seek a lot of therapy is it a romantic i've never seen the graduate no oh, I, here's the thing i love that movie i think it's shot beautifully i think it's a really interesting movie i don't think it's romantic personally anyway they spend the night together and he kind of ushers her out the next morning she's like you're gonna call me and he just goes okay <laughs> <laughs> not a yes no it's not that is a red flag on a morning after just a heads up yep uh and we cut to essentially a like a revolving door montage of him meeting other women at least seven more because we know by the end of it including his wife he slept with nine women so yeah well i also don't think he sleeps with all of these women i think he's just like it's supposed to show him growing confident and talking to well, him. Well, yeah, the montage is very much as him, like, talking to people at a bar, probably hitting on them at the bar. Yeah. Uh, but some of them, he, you do see him sort of walking out with, you know. Yeah. And we do get a brief cutaway to Liz, who is Emma Stone's friend, who's at the bar and sees that Ryan Gosling is there and is like, girl, the hot guy is here. Come here and bone the hot guy. Yeah. And she's like, I'm studying, but also in a relationship. Right. Like, yeah. Anyway, we cut to the end of the montage and we cut to the neighbor's house. I, th I think they're neighbors because he runs over there. Oh, no, I guess they drive. Yeah, they drive. It's pretty close, though. I would guess probably within 10, 50 minutes. Yeah. The babysitter's parents. Yeah. And the babysitter overhears that he's become kind of a ladies man. Yeah. Allegedly. So we cut to her at school the next day and she follows this blonde girl and is like, hey, you sleep with old guys, right? And she's like, yeah, of course, which is such a troubling answer. <laughs> In my mind, it was like, that is a no from her, but she doesn't want to like let on that she's actually not this like experienced person that like oh. the school thinks she is and she has cultivated that like air of like matureness. I think that's a very kind reading from you. I oh. do not think that's what's on the screen. <laughs> well, that's gross. That was what I was hoping, at least. No, I think the implication based on what is on the screen is that 
at minimum, she's dating college guys while being a high school senior. Which, depending on how old college guys, that's I, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. The worst part about this conversation where she's like, how old? It's like, parent old. And she's like, God. Her, but her friend seems to almost, like, encourage her about it. Which I'm like, you should tell an adult yeah. that what your friend just said to you. <laughs> like, Well, and then the, the friend is like take dirty pictures and send it to him. And I'm like, this is a horrible plan. Oh my God. Like, oh no. Yeah, this would have worked better if they were like college kids. Yes. Or honestly, the movie works better if you just cut it out. Yeah, I yes. would say just cut it out. Especially because he has shown no interest. He did not ask for these photos. No. Like, here's the thing. I'm not shaming people for taking dirty pictures. Take dirty pictures all day long as long as you're a consenting adult sending them to another consenting adult and that consenting adult does not share them outside of the circle of consent. Whatever is consensual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, I get it. I do. That's not what I'm coming down on. I'm saying she's 17. <laughs> That is bad. And they want to send them to someone who has not indicated that they want them. And is like 44 years old. Like no consent to be seen on the horizon. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to lunch where the babysitter has their tray and they see that there's a commotion going on in the courtyard. They walk over to it. And this is where the son, Robbie, has like a, a red curtain and then has a red J emblazoned on his chest because he does not understand the scarlet letter And at he all. like opens his shirt to show it. It's on his yes. skin. Yes. And she's like, I, this has to stop. I don't love you. The babysitter is like, this has got to stop. It's so crazy. I don't love you. I love somebody else. But also this is, why did you do this? But also, we have to talk about your reading comprehension because this is yeah. not at all what happens in that book. Uh, he says, I'll kill him if he hurts you, which because he doesn't know it's his dad. Of course not. Yeah, this is really crazy. But the babysitter is like, grow up. I'll see you around. Yeah. And as the babysitter walks away, we see the marquee that just says, I love you, Jessica Riley. <sighs> I know. It's so funny. <laughs> I just don't think a kid would do this. Like, no, not without administration help. And then I do think there is a lawsuit waiting at that school. Oh, but also, like, this opens up a lot of bullying potential for this kid. Oh, yeah. I think there's some dramatic kids out there that do sweeping gestures because they've seen them in movies, but I think you only do it once, and then it turns out bad, and you're like, never again. How dare you so accurately describe my freshman year of high school, Paige? I believe this. <laughs> I believe it in my soul. This kind of event would follow this man forever in high, yes. in high school and middle school. Because Paige and I would be at cafeteria and be like, do you see that kid? That's the kid who did the Scarlet Letter thing 17 years ago. I was the girl who had read <laughs> too many romance novels and was like, why doesn't anyone paint letters on their chest for me? Like, that's where I was at in high school, where like, if somebody had timed it right, I would have been like, they really love me and not like, hey, this is a questionable scenario <laughs> anyway we cut to steve carell has a nightmare about kevin bacon mowing his lawn men with their lawns i think it's a metaphor page i don't really think he's worried about mowing uh, his lawn if you know what well I'm i do know that he gets up in the middle of the night to go irrigate 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 poke holes in that lawn and fertilize all the stuff I do sort of love that he loves his yard enough to go over there and like take care of it still. Like I would never do that. I mean, during pandemic, when I had an active garden and I and my job was not as busy and we did not have two podcasts yet, I would spend so much time just like standing and staring at it. So I get it, actually. If I 
am ever able to have a backyard garden again, like a real one, I'm going to be all over it. Okay. <laughs> I kind of love it. I'm okay. not good at gardening. I just enjoy it. And I'm okay being bad at it. I'm going to grow pumpkins. Well, you see, Todd, he misses her, but he can't communicate. Yes. He can only This irrigate. is his chopping wood. It mm-hmm. is, Paige. You're right. It is. It is. It is his chopping wood. Yep. It's just not as sexy as chopping wood. You think that he would not be laying it down if he just like every day after work went to his backyard and just chopped wood for four hours? He'd be shredded. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he, like he would start a TikTok at that point. <laughs> We cut to him having a conversation with his son. Oh, guys, have you ever seen a sad axe man on TikTok? It's wild. Dude just cries about his wife divorcing him while he cuts wood. Talks a lot about Dave Lindhoven, too. It's wild. Linda! (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he has a conversation with his son. He's like, so you like somebody? He's like, no, I like Pringles. I love this person. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he doesn't even ask who it is. No, I mean, he's only interested up to a point, Paige. Yeah, no, same. When children talk. Uh, And so he's like, don't give up on her. And he's like, but you gave up. And he's like, I didn't give up. But it's more complicated than that. And he's like, I'm a different guy now. And he's like, no, you just have different clothes. But his son is very much like, you're not a different guy. Yeah. You still love mom. Go after your mom. You don't give up on your soulmate. And like, I get why your 13 year old son would be saying that. But like, it is complicated. And yes. A lot of times in this situation, parents do not get back together and they shouldn't. And like sometimes they do. But like, hey, sometimes divorces happen for a reason and it's for the best for everyone. And mm -hmm, it's a tough thing mm -hmm. to go through. It is. But sometimes people are better people and sometimes better parents when they are apart. And it is okay for that to be the case. My parents were way better apart than they were together. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm a child that benefited from divorce. I think there are many children out there like that. Mikey, do you not realize that you're muted? Yeah, Mikey, you've been muted for a while. No, didn't realize that. <laughs> okay. I was like, wow, they're really not letting me talk a lot. <laughs> Sorry. How long have I been muted? I don't know it's for been sure. A while, Mikey. I've like said stuff i mean you probably have not to us though we haven't heard you could it. just edit it into my it's <laughs> much like steve carell in this movie mikey's not the best communicator i was like why did not they let me talk about this <laughs> i was like really Man, they're hurt. really talking over me i do think that julia moore and her husband here our ex-husband our separated husband i think they're kind of bad parents i think they're going through a lot and ha- are not focusing as much on their parent on their children as they would normally well hold on they didn't go to the last parent teacher conference together they did he's gaslighting her like he's this gaslighting is yeah, like, her. this is not a road you probably want to go down <laughs> they don't talk to the oldest daughter enough to really know what's going on in her life and they talk about it to each other i mean i do think that the movie sort of explains that because she is graduating law school at the beginning of the movie and has to study for the bar which is a notoriously difficult test yes. unless you believe catch me if you can hey that guy did that in real life <laughs> i know like that's Although, what's like, so crazy 80 of the rest of that guy's story is completely made up and i fucking love that about him well it's like some bits are, you can never tell what it is but the bar one is the one where they're like how'd you pull that off and he's like no i just studied really hard yeah, and he's took like, it. And i like, studied so hard and guys. he did he passed it yeah. It's such a crazy story. But I mean, like, the bar is a hard test to pass. Like, you no, have to be a I get it. to do that. Yeah. I just think they're a little hands off. And like the other one, she, they only cut to the, the other daughter and she's having like a behavioral outburst. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> 
The kids are going through a lot. Their parents are getting divorced. They were going through a lot, I think, before the divorce. And that's all I'm, I'm just saying that they had a hands-off approach. You might be right. I don't know. You may be right. They may be lazy. But I just may be the parents that you're looking for. God damn it. How do we both know the same Billy Joel deep cut? I love you because so much. Because everyone knows the same Billy Joel deep cut. I love that song. I can't believe I was muted. That's actually the easiest thing for me to believe. You did that not two episodes ago. Yes. Anyway, they show up to parent teacher night and he actually has a pretty kind of a heart to heart conversation with her about like, here's how I've been doing, doing good. And they're talking about their kids. If Marissa Tomei was not their son's teacher, like, yeah. I feel like this night would have like begun a reconciliation between the two of them. I but think so man, too. man, I love this scene so much because Marissa Tomei is so unhinged and wonderful. <laughs> this is why you have to not ghost people after a one night stand because you never know when there'll be your ER nurse. I mean, son's <laughs> teacher. <laughs> Mikey, how similar to this was that trip I took you to the ER where you <laughs> you were there. You're going to feel some there. pressure. <laughs> yeah. How did that go for you, Mikey? I mean, I lived, I guess. So, <laughs> If I remember correctly, she was very professional and she just said, I'll get you another nurse. Yes. She excused herself. But yes. But I can understand I why that was very you awkward for you both. <laughs> I loved hearing you both laugh so loud throughout the emergency room. I would have laughed my ass off. God, Mikey, it was perfect. Anyway, so they go into the te- parent-teacher conference. It is Marissa Tomei. And she's like, why don't you tell her how we met? Like, she's just instantly. And Steve Carell tries to play the whole, well, I think we met at last parent-teacher conference or something. And then Marissa Tomei's like, oh, really? Like, oh, we so did. <laughs> Let's so talk about great. the scarlet letter, asshole. <laughs> he's yeah. so awful to her when he's like, yeah, but she's an alcoholic. I was like, oh, oh that's that made so me dark. so angry. I was like, don't you dare. Because Marissa Tomei is very much making it clear that they had sex yes. and that she she never heard from him again, and she's very upset about that. And like Julia Moore is like, wait, what? Wait, what? What is happening right now? It's great. Yeah, and then he's like nine. It has been nine people, and she gets mad. But even in that, she's like, I know I shouldn't be able to get mad, and I'm like, you shouldn't. She's like, but I am. And then everyone else is like nine. How terrible! Like. He be, he is the villain in the scene, and he shouldn't be. I at least like that Julianne Moore acknowledges that she has no right to be upset, but that she still is upset. Because sure. I get why you would be upset, but she I agree with Julianne Moore. She has no right to be. Yeah. Marissa Tomei does. I She can be mad all Marissa she wants. Marissa Tomei has so many reasons to be upset. Yeah, And like, I, I love that every other time she sees him throughout the rest of the movie, she's flipping him off. Oh, I think that's hilarious. Even at like the like school event at the end of this movie, yep. she's sitting next to the principal, and the principal has to have seen her do that. But here's the thing. Clearly, she and the principal are friends because she oh, turns yeah. to the principal and, and you can she just whispers. But, you know, it's got to be like, that's the guy. <laughs> like Whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Never been through that. <laughs> I'll get you another nurse. Mm-hmm. I was like, they all hate me. They're going to kill me. Oh, there's no way that nurse didn't tell the new nurse who took care of you what happened. I was like, please yeah. just make me not die. 
I'm already dead inside. Don't let me physically die now. So we cut to the El Torito Grill where they do have a giant banana cake for Hannah Banana, which I that cake was very fun. This does foreshadow the turn, right? Yes. Yeah. Because this is where it's like, I would like to formally ask you to become a lawyer at our firm. And she's like, uh, what? Like, I thought you were going to propose. And he was like, what? I didn't think we were there. I need some time to see if this is really serious. And she's just like, what? <laughs> like, I was so mad too, though. I was like, Josh, this is Emma Stone. <laughs> You're Josh Groban. Right. Like, the fact that she would even consider it is a high honor, my friend. Well, and she basically drinks everyone's drinks at the table, which is, <laughs> it's tough because then you can't keep track of how many shots you've had. I love that she's like, I fight Jen. Like, she's just so grossed out by well, it. She but clearly she's doesn't like it. hard liquor at all because yeah. she also doesn't like the whiskey later. Oh, I know. Um, it's so but funny. she's chugging the gin and she's like, there is no water in that. <laughs> <laughs> I do think Emma Stone is like a very solid comedic actress oh physical comedy she yes. nails it every time yeah man and yeah. like physical comedy is like hard for like everyone to do like she and she well, nails you have it. to be willing to look foolish like that that's the key yeah anyway she shows up to the bar having walked through the rain and just walks up to him and kisses him and he's in a white jacket very drive i was like ooh, yes he looks great, and there's a reason we call him Hot Goss, you know? Hot Goss. But, like, I love that he is fully hitting on another lady at this point. And he doesn't care. No, and, like, she comes over, kisses him, doesn't say a damn thing, and then he initially has his arms out to the side, like, what the hell is going on? And I think he, like, once he realizes who it is, he, like, he grabs her. He picks her up. Yeah, he grabs her and picks her up Oof. and, like, puts her down, and she's like, do you want to get out of here? And he's like, fuck yes. And then they settle well, the shot. Well, she says, do you remember me? Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And she's like, do you want to get out of here? And he's like, yes. And she just goes, take me home. And he's like, let's go. And they leave. <laughs> they walk out of the shot, and the camera pans down the lady he was talking to, and she's like, yes. What the fuck, man? What the like, fuck just happened? What the hell? <laughs> oh, we've all been that lady before <laughs> yeah it's very hurtful it does suck man sucks a lot anyway they get back to his apartment and i had forgotten seeing this in theaters that doris troy song just one look i remember coming home from the theater and downloading that song because i had heard it before we listened to a lot of oldies in my house growing up but i it is in my phone to this day because of seeing this in theaters and being like oh that's right that song is awesome yeah i don't know that i had ever heard this song um, until oh, this mo until this movie and it slaps man but I had a similar experience with the first Guardians of the Galaxy the spinners uh, have the uh, rubber oh. band man that's the song that kicks off the first Guardians yes. of the Galaxy I had never heard of the spinners and I mm. went on a deep dive down the spinners but I love the spinners it's a They're shame so is one of my favorite songs I requested it at my wedding and they were like are you sure you want to play this it is about a breakup and I'm like it slaps so hard, no one will care. But yeah, like I love when movies sort of unlock that like deep dive into some music that you can get super into. Yeah. Oh, the spinners are great, man. Yeah, right. the spinners are solid. Anyway, so they're they're drinking. She downs both of their drinks and he kind of takes a step back at this point, which it's not completely telegraphed on the screen, but it made me wonder if he was like, she is too drunk. This is not, I need to take a seat. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. I also really love that he puts a lot of like care into the drink he's making. I mean, this is something he does with everybody. It's not that it's special at this point. Right. But like that is like a ritual he does. And then she drinks both of his drinks. It's like, oh, that's not my drink. I hated that. I hated that. <laughs> Which, by the way, as later on, we cut to the bottle on the nightstand of what they're drinking. 
and it is Pappy Van Winkle. Super expensive. Oh, well, back then it wasn't as expensive. It was, although it is a twenty aged twenty year bottle of Pappy Van Winkle, which Pappy used to be cheaper, and you can't even you can't get, get it anymore. So bourbon's become it. this like niche hobby where like it's yeah. not a hobby. First right. off, it's a collecting. It's like Hot yeah. Wheels cars. I went to a bourbon auction and watched rich people spend tens of thousands of dollars on bourbon. Well, I'm a bourbon guy, and I had brands that used to be reasonably priced that tasted good. Yeah, and now they're all more expensive because people are doing this. Bourbon's gotten super expensive. Mm. What was your bourbon of choice? Eagle Rare, because the bottles were mm. like $28 a bottle and like they still tasted really good. Now they now the same bottle sells for like $55. I used to drink uh, Bullet. Bullet's good. My goal this year, this is not a healthy, I don't know, this is a good goal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start trying to do old, my old, old fashions. And like when I watched this scene, I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Yeah, but like yeah. I probably won't bring home a beautiful woman. It'll just be like me after like a long day being like, skin of an orange. I love that though. Like get into it, have fun with it. There's nothing wrong with that. I've got rocking chairs on my front porch now. So like if I have a long day, I'll like pour a drink and go out there and like rock. That sounds great, honestly. Nice. Yeah, Did you get I'm them like, at, at Cracker Barrel? No, no, no. They're teak wood. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll send you pictures later. But uh, yes. it's just very relaxing. I think I'm slowly becoming like a very old man, like very quickly. <laughs> slowly becoming a very slowly. old man very quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, she downs both the drinks. And she's like, so how does this normally work? And and he's like, well, okay. He, he's like, you seem nervous. Like, you know. She's like, shut up. I want you to play on players. Show me your best moves. And he's like, you can't handle my best moves. Yeah. He's like, you're adorable. She's like, no, I am sexy. I am R-rated sexy. (laughs) And she's like, and I know that the PG-13 version of this is I'm going to pass out and you're going to cover me with a blanket. But that's not why I'm here. Yeah. Which is still question. I uh, this gray area. But this is, I think this is going to sound crazy. This is the best like scene in the movie. This night with 100%. them. Yeah. I love it so much. Because there is like solid chemistry here. And she keeps forgetting his name, which is pretty funny too. Yes. Right. Yeah. He doesn't like being treated how he treats people. I do think that's part of it, Mikey. Yep. Um, and she does have him take off his shirt, which I do think is because she just is like, come on. <laughs> like, what are you? <laughs> what are you, photoshopped? <laughs> well, and then she just goes, she's like, can I? And he's like, your hands are very cold. Yeah. And then he's <laughs> like, so can funny. I sit down? Can I put my shirt back on? And she's like, no. No. You cannot put your shirt back on. But then he basically tells her that the dirty dancing lift is his secret move, and girls always want to have sex after that. And she's like, no, that'll never happen. I, I would never do so that. So, Todd, that reminded me of when we went to go see the uh, the darkness. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did somebody do the dirty dancing lift at the darkness? I did. What? Yeah. <laughs> Care to explain, You were Mikey? lifted or lifted somebody? At the end of the show, I did it to Chris. Yeah. I, like lifted him above me and spun him around. So when are you guys getting married? The women did like that food. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that you say that, Paige, because shortly after that happened, two people did get engaged. Wow. Yeah. I like joking. spun him around, put him down. The other guy just drops on a knee. I was like, <laughs> were they playing the song? Is that why no, you did it? It was after the whole show. Yeah. People were like leaving, but oh. they were playing. It's the time of your life. Yes. Oh, okay. So like the, the, yeah, they were the playing it over playing. the PA. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. But think about that from my perspective. Like I'm hanging out with my friends. I look over. Mikey 
lifts Chris like he's like Patrick Swayze and she's Jennifer whatever from that movie or Jennifer whatever. Jennifer Grey. Jennifer uh-huh. Grey from that movie. And then Mikey puts Chris down and I look over and now someone's getting engaged. I was like, I have to leave. So many things are <laughs> happening at once. <laughs> I, I can't do this anymore. Uh, but he does dirty dance lift her. And then as he kind of lowers her, she's like, so do we do it here in the bedroom? <laughs> like, yeah, I love that. Like, because right yes. before she's like, that'd never work. I would never fall for that. And then like right here, Clearly, she fell for it. So I'll tell you my move. Oh, I love this. You've told us this before. You like to pick people up and throw them across the bed. Yeah, and it's not even, like, people just really like, it's the same thing where I'm like, okay, I just pick them up, and the higher you pick them up first, it's a dominance thing. Look how high I can lift you. No. Well, it's not even a dominance thing. It's It's a strength thing. Yeah, it's just like a, yeah, doing a lot of, like, clings, you know? Clings and jerks, know what I'm saying? (laughs) Gross. Anyway... Uh, we cut briefly over to the bar where Steve Carell is looking for Ryan Gosling and he's not there. Yeah, he like is ghosting Steve Carell at this point. Yep. Well, we've all had that guy friend who starts dating somebody and like really disappears. Yeah. Do you feel like that's anyone in particular? Someone who maybe let you set up a trampoline? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. No, they've been together since high school. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we cut back to Ryan Gosling's house where we reveal that he has a shopping QVC Brookstone problem where he's got... They're like making out in the bed and Emma Stone is like, this pillow is amazing. So like... Honestly, those pillows are amazing. I mean, sure. But like if I'm making out with a girl and she's more interested in the pillow, like that's fine. We don't have to have sex tonight. Like I get it. Like that's whatever. Well, I think she's also very drunk. And so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to maintain your focus. Cut this out, but like you should try it face down. (laughs) I mean, do I have to cut that out? That's very funny. You're not wrong. (laughs) Or sides. It's great. Like any way you sleep. The the pillows actually feel great under your hips, too. Um, They do. Although (laughs) I would say they're a little firmer than regular pillows, but they will kind of still form to your shape. So sometimes you have to be careful the way you position them. All right. Just saying. Anyway. He shows her, like, the massage chair. <laughs> I love that she asks him, like, All right, what's the dumbest thing you bought on QVC? And it's like, a massage chair. It was $5,000. I've used it twice. And then she's like, do you still have it? And then it cuts to them in the garage next to his car just sitting in My it. favorite is that she is she is naked and just yes. wrapped in a sheet using the massage chair. Yes. And they're just standing there and they're like, I hate it. It's yeah. the worst. Yes. <laughs> this is terrible. And she's like, that's $2,500 a massage. She's like, I know. <laughs> but it turns into like a night of pillow talk, which is it my does. favorite as a romantic. Yeah. I fucking love it. Yeah. The, this is the best scene in the movie. I do. And and she does talk to him about like, you know, oh, so you have the slap chop and the knife that cuts through a penny. And, and she's like the coin bears. And he's like, I have every state of coin bears. And she's like, what? You're a late night. Per- like you stay up late and watch TV clearly because like that's when you would buy these things. Yeah. And he just goes, yeah, I'm wildly unhappy and I'm trying to buy it, but it's not working. <laughs> yeah. And so, so we go through like a montage of them being very vulnerable with each other mm-hmm. and kind of like joking and talking. He talks about his parents and then they fall asleep without banging. Well, he falls asleep and she covers him with the blanket. She tucks page. him in. Yeah. Fucking love this scene. <laughs> it's very, very sweet. But we cut to. Steve Carell calling a number of times being like, hey, where are you? It has been like, I am concerned. I haven't heard from you. Um, Then we cut to his wife getting home from a date with Kevin Bacon. Yeah. And they encounter the babysitter. And the babysitter's (sighs) like, look, your kids miss their dad because their dad was a great 
guy. And I don't want your slutty money, which like, is such a crazy thing to so say. So wild. Because like, bitch, take the money. <laughs> uh, yeah, at least get paid for your labor, please. Yes. yes. But I do think it's, it, it is sort of like a, I don't know. It's very inappropriate that she would talk to her this way, I think, on some level. But like the fact that the babysitter is like, out of all the kids I babysit for, your kids are the only kids that want to be up when your the dad gets home. Yeah. Well, that made me be like, so all of the other dads are hitting on you and this is the only yeah. one that's not. That's why you want to send him nudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, they rush the babysitter rushes home, and yeah. this is where they set up the camera, take nude photos. And is like kind of fumbling through it, putting on makeup. And it's just the whole thing is cringe. It very much is, especially because they were on a season of Next Top Model. They may have even won it. I'm not sure. Uh, Natalie was mentioning it while we were watching it. But they, I remember that season, though. Yeah, but they were in it. That's where they got their start, more or less. And so mm-hmm. you're seeing them take all these great pictures for that show, I'd imagine. And then in this, they're like being awkward in front of a camera, which is funny to see. That is interesting. Well, and they get interrupted in the middle of taking those photos uh, with a bouquet of flowers that were originally from David to his mom. Yeah, Kevin Bacon gave it to Robbie's mom. And then he stole them and drove the or rode his bike over to the babysitter's house. And just put his name on it because Kevin Bacon included, you can tell it's the same handwriting where he's like, give me a chance. Yeah. Well, and, it, and he just, Robbie just crossed out Kevin Bacon's name and wrote his own. Like, it's yes. so funny to me. I don't know. It's just I smart. It's funny. It's just, yeah. it's just, you know, you guys stream wild. Yeah. But we cut over to the yard where Steve Carell is overdoing the yard work secretly and has been for a while yeah um but gets a call from inside the house about fixing the pilot light and she's lying and just like she clearly just wanted to hear his voice she just misses him yeah right she just misses him and he he's like call whenever you know he's he thinks he's making headway but i do like that he sees her lying to him and he like goes through with the charade i guess you'd say yeah because he also misses her and wants to talk to her so he's like he welcomes the farce of it all just to be able to talk to her and I'm like, I sort of get that. You get it. But you know what would be nice? Like an honest conversation about yep. that. Oh, yeah. But like this is a rom-com. We're not going to get an honest conversation oh, yeah, in true, the whole true, thing, true. Mikey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we cut to him going to Home Depot and buying a bunch of stuff with his kids because he sets up like a mini golf thing, like a whole big grand gesture. Yes. Because they talked about how they used to do mini golfing and dancing like earlier on in their relationship mm-hmm. before the Marissa Tomei like student teacher conference. Right. And mm-hmm. so he has planned a night of backyard mini golf and dancing yes it doesn't go that way but he's planned it (laughs) but as he's kind of planning this jacob ryan gosling calls him and is like hey i'm sorry i dropped off the grid but i met a girl and i really love her and care about her i'm meeting her parents and i'm kind of freaking out about it yeah he's actually just i'm going to meet her mom right now and i don't even know what to do and steve carell gives him shit like friends give each other shit and i Sort of love that. But like before he lets him go, he's like, hey, man, congrats. Like, this is awesome for you. I'm happy for you. Yeah. You know, and I that is very much like two friends, like Bros. two guy yeah. friends, you know? Yeah. Well, and he's like, hey, let's grab a beer next week. I'll, I'll catch up. I'll tell you all about it. Yeah, absolutely. We cut to Bernie and whoever's house, uh, the babysitter's parents. Yeah. And the babysitter's mom is cleaning her room or kind of going through her drawers and finds the envelope with the photos that does have... Steve Carell's name on the front it of it does like because 
the babysitter wrote out the card and put stick like heart stickers on it, heart like his name on it. on it. So like it very clear, like this is a nightmare situation for that mom. Like I get why yes. she freaks out, but Steve Carell has nothing to do with it. But I get why no, she thinks he but does. But if he had, this would be a fucking court case. It would be like, a this felony. Yes. yes, absolutely. Like he would go to jail. So she shows the dad the envelope in the photos. He freaks out babysitter realizes what's going on dude the way he vaults over that couch when he starts freaking out oh. is amazing and that actor is john carroll lynch he was in the invitation yes he's such a good actor i mean he's fine in this he's not asked to do a whole lot but that dude is so good so good the babysitter takes off after him they drive two cars there yeah meanwhile everyone else arrives at julianne moore's house and he tries to make it kind of a sweet thing with Spandau Ballet. Great soundtrack. She takes the blindfold off. She doesn't take the blindfold off yet. Oh, no. Not until after. Yeah. But Hannah, a.k.a. Nana, yeah. who we've heard talked about, shows up with Ryan Gosling. And Steve Carell is immediately like, no, uh-uh, fuck right. no. It takes him a little too long to realize what's going on. He's like, wait, oh, yeah. why are you here? And Ryan Gosling is even like, what are you doing here? Yeah. You would be in shock. I mean, I, I gave I him that. that I yeah. mean, like, you'd be like, what? Yeah. No. And what? I, I do get Steve Carell's initial, like, emotional reaction to this of like, no, fuck no. This is not happening. You're not a good dude. But there's dude. also a part of me that's like, you just got off the phone with him telling you that, like, this is different. Exactly. I love this girl. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, even though I will admit that, like, he does teach him a lot of toxic behavior towards women. Yes. He does mm -hmm. sort of take him under his wing and, like, Try and help him in a very, like, sad situation in his life, if that makes sense. I think that that shows that at least Ryan Gosling isn't, I don't know, he is sort of a terrible irredeemable. dude. Irredeemable. Like, he's not irredeemable. Yeah, he's not irredeemable. But I get that, like... What shows that he's not irredeemable is his relationship with Emma Stone, but Steve yes. Carell hasn't seen any of that. Yes, exactly. Well, and he also, I mean, I think what Todd's trying to say is he tries to help Steve Carell without any gain of his yes, own from the situation. Yes, he is a yes. genuinely good mm -hmm. friend to Steve Carell. And I understand his initial reaction because of Hot Goss's Tom Cattery. Like, I get all yes. of that. But also, like... Talking to your daughter's boyfriend about how many women he slept with. Like, he's just like, I know too much. I can't go back. And he you knows know, too much. That is absolutely true. But, like, I do think at some point, if they end up together, like, you already know your boyfriend and your dad get along and they're friends. Like, that's a win yeah. in my book. I think they I think they do end up together. I don't think Steve Carell and Julianne Moore end up together, but I do think that Same. Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling do. I do too. I completely agree. I honestly don't care if Julianne Moore or Stephen Carell end up back together. If they do, fine. But like Emma Stone and Hot Goss, I'm here for. Yeah. And as all of this is being revealed, who should show up but Bernie and Jessica the Babysitter? It's an all-out brawl. Who should show up in the middle of that? David Lindenhoff or Lindenhagen? Lindenhagen or whatever. I, I like that he like is like, hey, you left your sweater in my car. And then Ryan Gosling proving he's a good friend is like, right. oh, wait, you're David Lindenhoffen? And then takes his ring off and goes <laughs> yes. and punches him in the fucking face. Also, how do we feel about guys wearing rings? Kind of here for it. I have no problem with rings on men. Whatever. I don't wear a ton of jewelry. It's just, I just don't. This is not my personal preference, but I don't have problems with it. Me either. I hang out with Todd and Chris, and they both wear like a ton of stupid rings. I have no rings. I do wear a necklace, but you guys never see it because it's under my clothes. I wear a ton of rings because they don't make rings for uh, plus size people in plus size like yeah. sizes often. 
Uh, and now they kind of have. So I like never got to be a ring girl. And now I'm like a hardcore ring girl. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they all fight. The police get called and they're just like, everyone disperse and you're fine. But he does say, do it inside and keep it in the family. And I'm like, oh, no. I do love how Ryan Gosling laughs at that because I use that reaction on Twitter so much. Like that shot. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Anyway. Bernie and Jessica, the babysitter, go. And the kid, Robbie, like watches them leave. And he's devastated because now it's like, not only does she love somebody else, it was my dad, which is a mind fuck. Like, oof. And the fact that at the end of this movie, he is resolved to still want to be with her is wild to me. Hate it. Yeah, me too. He does delete her number. And then also Steve Carell, he's like, if you're going to date my daughter, don't fucking talk to me, basically. like Yeah, he like even cuts yes, off Emma Stone, yeah. it seems like. He's like, then we have nothing left to say if you're going to continue to date him. I was like, fuck. Like, I don't understand that reaction at all. I understand the initial like, no, 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 I know too much yeah. about this. This is not going to work, right? What's awful is that he talks to them more about why he's mad than yep. he talks to his wife yep. before they divorce. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we kind of cut from here into like a montage where... Ryan Gosling is like you should call your dad like he's trying to kind of reconnect them a bit Paige can I just tell you about this shot I love this shot so much because Mm -hmm. it is a montage of like Mm -hmm. what everyone's life is like post fight scene right right and it is shot on a track the yes camera is probably 12 feet in the air and it pans down to probably three feet so it's like a wide range right but Every shot is the same speed. Like they use the same track. And it's layered on top of each other. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like one long shot of everyone sort of moving up right. through their life. And you get everyone's story post fight scene. I loved that shot. It, it was is great. And it man. ends that kind of montage ends with him showing up to the bar where Steve Carell is being a total asshole and just drinking in the middle yep. of the day, not going to work mm-hmm. and being mean to the you know wait staff. And Ryan Gosling is just like, your kids miss you. And he's like, no, my kids hate me right now. And he's like, you don't understand. Like, you're their dad. Like, they miss you. And you have an opportunity to make things right. Are you going to the graduation? And he asks, he's like, oh, you're spending time with my kids? Great. Teach Robbie to objectify women. He'll love that. Which is just like, ooh, spoiler, Robbie's already pretty good at it. Yeah, Um, he learned it from from you, dad. dad. (laughs) And he kind of presents his thesis statement of like, I thought I knew what I wanted and I thought people in love were stupid and pathetic. But the more time I spent with you to try and make you more like me, I guess I kind of became more like you in a way. He doesn't actually go through and say the line. But you, Heavily that implied. is very much yes. what he is telegraphing. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love that. I really love that that is his arc in this movie. I wish I do we too. got more of that. Because I feel like him becoming not an alt-right yes. D-bag is like yada yes. yada. Because we never really see Emma Stone and his relationship post that one night. And we need that, man. And we really need that now. Yeah. Yeah, we really need that. I didn't like Steve Carell's reaction to them dating and him realizing that. But if they had worked it out in this scene, I feel like I would have been like, okay, yeah. they had that conflict so they could have this really heartfelt moment in this scene. And at the end of the scene, Steve is like, yeah, all of that's real sweet, but it's still a no from me, dog. Fuck off. Yeah. Like, I hated it. So we cut to graduation and he does show up, but he doesn't get to sit near the family because he is, you know, yeah. not 
participating in family things. And yeah. Marissa Tomei introduces the first speaker at the eighth grade graduation and then flips him off <laughs> like as she sees him and stuff. It's great. Well, she doesn't flip him off until he stands mm-hmm. up and goes down there and starts talking, right? Yeah. Um, but so Robbie starts out giving a speech, and this speech is bonkers. Bon- the whole this whole scene is so stupid. They would have stopped this speech immediately. They would have proofread the speech beforehand. Oh, that is true as well. So the second it got off track, like this would have they would have pulled the plug on that. My eighth grade year, I had to give a speech in front of the school, and I had to write it, and I yep. had to turn it in two days before of course. they had to check it and then i was giving it back yep yeah and we buried the shit out of that time capsule <laughs> <laughs> um but he this whole thing is basically just like love is a scam there's no such thing as true love and i'm like what does this have to do with graduating the eighth grade? hey robbie do you want to like maybe bend this wildly crazy speech back into academia on some level not yeah. me man i you know being the oldest i've had to go to quite a few eighth grade graduations and if this speech was coming out i'd be like oh shit like now <laughs> i'm paying attention Anyway, Steve Carell gets up to interrupt the speech and is just like, no, 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 you're wrong. The son I know appreciated grand romantic gestures and soulmates. But think about it, Paige. Think about it, us three were watching a kid we know graduate eighth grade. And this kid makes a bonker speech about love out of nowhere. And then a man stands up from the audience I and would is be like. The Michael Jackson meme of eating popcorn would <laughs> yeah, be I'd me. Be like, I'd be like, did that, if that guy's going down on the stage, I'd be like. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That is 100% when I put my phone back in my pocket and lean forward like, <laughs> yep. I'm only going to need the edge of this seat. I was like, videotape yep. this for TikTok or whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Sad Axeman is going nuts today on TikTok. Linda, I know we've just graduated the eighth grade, <laughs> but love is like this log. It's split. We're broken up. (laughs) Anyway, Steve Carell interrupts to be like, true love is real. Soulmates are real. And I'm like, this movie has wild fucked up messages. It does. And inconsistent messages. Yes. But so he cut everyone gets all happy and he's like, I love my wife. I love all these people. So they all meet up after the graduation. And this is when Robbie's like, I still love you, Jessica. And oh, no, at the podium, he's like, I still love you, Jessica. And even though you like saw me masturbate, I'm still not ashamed of it. And he's like, whoa, okay, no, like they immediately shut it down at that point. Yeah. The babysitter in the audience like smiles. And I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) like this is dangerous precedence being set. Yeah. Well, and also the audience claps. (laughs) When this 13-year-old is like, I'm going to continue stalking the 17-year-old. Get that sticky sock. Oh, gross. But so we cut to after the graduation and Steve Carell is like, I have a gun now and I will shoot you with it if you hurt my daughter. But I guess we're fine. And I was like, whoa, what? And I guess that was a joke. It didn't feel like a joke. It felt like a threat. Didn't feel like it. Mikey, have you ever had a dad say something like that to you? No comment. Mikey tends to target the women without fathers for obvious reasons. (laughs) Yeah. um, Todd, I just don't think you understand. You're going to the wrong support groups to hit on women. Hi, I'm Todd, and I was on sex sent me to the ER. (laughs) I should not have told you that story. Anyway, so the babysitter is standing off by themselves, and Robbie approaches them and is like, I'm not going to quit. He's like, I hope you like this face. 
because it's going to be staring at yours for the rest of your life. Like, ugh, hate it. And then the babysitter is like, this will get you through high school. Take care. And then kiss him on the cheek. And it is the nude photos of her. Yeah. Which is oof ma goof. Yeah, I hate this. It's terrible. I hate this a lot. Although, you know what's wild about this? That it got in the movie. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that is what's wild about this. You're right. I, the whole storyline needs to just be. Yeah, said, yeah, I really think you could do without the whole babysitter and Robbie's storyline. Although I think they're the people who are playing them do a great job. I just don't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we end on Steve Carell and Julianne Moore basically being like, "This was a rough year, but I'm I'm glad you brought you bought me that ice cream." We don't know if they're gonna get back together or yeah. not, but they seem to be at a better place. I do love when Julianne Moore is like. It's been a rough year, and Steve Carell's like, oh, really? How so? <laughs> is what like, he says. It's just, it's very funny. And it does <laughs> seem like, and I think one of the reasons I like the way it ends is because it seems like they're at least settling into a norm, norm normalcy. Normalcy. Yeah, yeah, that like they could co-parent from that level of relationship. And that makes right. me happy for them and their, their family, right? I don't care yeah. if they get back together. It's not important to me. Right. Yeah. But as you were saying, Paige, and that's, that's, that's the, movie. the movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about Crazy Stupid Love? I just want an Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling movie. And don't say La La Land because I hate La La Land. Well, that's a different story altogether. Like, I really I, yeah. do think if you made a story about how Emma Stone deprograms an alt-right weirdo, like, I would watch that. I've got three words for you all. Crazy Stupid Movie. is that your better pitch for what we should have named this podcast (laughs) that would have been pretty good put my review on the dvd box (laughs) do you guys have any other final thoughts no i think we found so Paige, you have any fun facts for us i do well hit us with your five facts hot Hot goss fun fun facts. facts hell yeah Paige. The filmmakers offered a free iPad on set to whoever came up with a title for the movie. What? What a that's, shitty that's payment for coming up with the name for a major motion picture. It was an iPad Plus, though. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Carell hates the title of this movie uh, because he said that he couldn't imagine a group of college guys saying five tickets to Crazy Stupid Love, please. Um, and one of the working titles he preferred was The Wingman, Ooh. which he thought was a boring title, but w- more accurately described the movie, which I agree. I think yeah. The Wingman is a better descriptor. I like and, it. Yes. Um, while rehearsing for the dirty dancing scene, Emma Stone didn't realize that she had a phobia of being lifted up high until Ryan Gosling did it for the first time and she had a full meltdown. And Ryan Gosling in interviews has described it as, like a possum falling out of a tree and trying to scratch your eyes out. Oh, my God. Is that why she doesn't do it in the scene? She doesn't do it. It's a body double. It is a body double. You can tell. Yeah, you can tell. She ran away crying and had to lie in bed watching The Labyrinth to calm down. I get it, man. David Bowie with those glass balls. That is very (laughs) And those glass balls and those David Bowie balls. (laughs) She must have been really triggered because it reminded her that time that she fell from heaven. Um, It actually was because when she was seven years old, she fell off the high bars in gymnastics and broke both her arms. Oh, my God. That's rough, man. That's terrible. Yeah, that's like a real reason to be afraid. (laughs) I know. Like, I get that. I'm afraid of heights, too. But honestly, if Ryan Gosling's sweet, sweet arms were supporting my weight, yeah, let's do this, hot Mm -hmm. goss. But they ended up using a body double 
but they did use the recording of her real scream. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yep. Uh, so she is only three days older than Leo Tipton, who plays the babysitter. <laughs> uh, however, her character is supposed to be seven to eight years older than Jessica. So uh, this film was featured in the 2010 Blacklist. There you go. <laughs> Man, okay, the Telling Blacklist you, doesn't have track a great record. track record. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. You were defending it earlier in this podcast, and yet... No, I mean... I mean, there are good movies that have yeah. been made from the Blacklist. We just don't cover them here. No, if you... Right. Actually, because they never got made. Like, the Blacklist Table Reads was a podcast where they, like, got legit yeah. actors to read some of the scripts, and I really fucking enjoyed those, like, live readings of those scripts, but none of those movies got made, and the ones that got made are not as good as those scripts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, the name David Lindhagen is said 19 times in this film. First and it's last name. Like, yeah, he gets yeah. name checked a lot. But like, yeah. listen, when your wife voluntarily drops your degrees of Kevin Bacon from seven to one, right. you say his name a lot. Like, I get it. No, if he's inside you, it's like zero degrees. I don't think Steve Carell had sex with Kevin Bacon. What do you think happened to this movie? No, I'm talking about Julianne Moore's degrees of separation. Right. Yeah, yeah, 69. 69 degrees <laughs> yeah. of separation. Anyway, Ryan Gosling's character criticizes him for sipping through a straw. Uh, but if you look at the El Torito scene later, Hannah and Liz are the only ones not drinking from straws. Everyone else at the table drinks through straws. Uh, supposedly it is intentional. Okay. Uh, the second line on Julianne Moore's nameplate in her office says, associate to the vice president. <laughs> uh, and... It is a, a reference to the office where nice. Dwight, Dwight Schrute has assistant to the regional manager. Yeah. As Robbie is deleting Jessica's number from his phone, you can see that another contact in the phone is Joey Kay. Joey King is the name of the actress playing Molly, his younger sister, who does not get a lot of screen time. But it was crazy for me to watch this and be like, damn, the villain in Bullet Train. Was I was about this. to bring that up. Yes. <laughs> that little girl goes on to be like, she's amazing. She's been in a bunch of stuff, man. She she has. And she's great in Bullet Train. Yeah, she's <laughs> a great actress. She'll be around for a while, I'm sure. So Kevin Bacon and Ryan Gosling are distant cousins. They are both descendants of the English Baldwin family. So apparently his six degrees is slightly closer than others. Of the Shropshire Baldwins. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> of the Manhattan Baldwins. <laughs> um, when Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell discuss getting, quote, Mr. miyagi Ryan Gosling grabs Carell's nose and squeezes it, saying honk. And this is actually a reference to Karate Kid 2. Yes. Where Mr. Miyagi honks the nose of an opponent instead of striking him. That also happens at the end of the movie. Daniel does it at the end of the movie, too. Yes. Miyagi! <laughs> that movie's insane. Karate Kid 2 is really good, though. That's one of the Karate best Karate Kid, kid movies. Yeah. Good franchise. Because that's the one where they go to Okinawa. So, final fun fact. Marissa Tomei's character is revealed to be the English teacher during that parent-teacher conference, but she's actually wearing the same watch and bracelet seen when she writes on the blackboard while she's on the date. So if you know it's going to happen, you can actually spot it earlier. Awesome. Okay, I did not notice those that. Those are your fun facts. Well, think of those fun facts. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So what do you think the production budget was for Crazy Stupid Love in 2011? I bet this was expensive just given who's in it. Uh, so I'm going to put this at 50. Okay. Oh, I was going to say 50. That's fine. Let's make that both your guesses. That's fair, right? Sure. And the total budget was $50 million. Oh! <laughs> yes! yes! 
I did not know that ahead of time. I just guessed. I mean, it is a nice round number, and I do yeah. think you're mm-hmm. right. Like Kevin Bacon is not seen for 30 minutes in this movie. There is a lot right. of acting talent on the screen. So, like, yes, I think that was a fair guess, clearly. But if you adjust that for inflation. That's $65 million today. Now, this movie premiered on July 29th, 2011. It was number five in the theater the week it came out. It was beat by Cowboys and Aliens. Number two was The Smurfs. Number three was Captain America, The First Avenger. Mm. Number four was Deathly Hallows Part Two. That's Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. That's the only movie I've ever had the cops called on me during. And then number five was Crazy Stupid Love. So, what do you think Crazy Stupid Love made in its opening weekend when it was fifth at the box office? This was like a sleeper hit where I don't think it made a lot this weekend, especially for me because I was definitely seeing Captain America for a third, fourth <laughs> time. Yeah. Uh, but th- this did become a huge hit. And I feel like I saw it maybe like. The week after this, like, okay, uh, maybe 10 in an opening week, 10 million. Yeah, I'm gonna say 14. Okay, yeah, it actually made 19.1 million dollars oh. its opening weekend. Oh, yeah, I yeah. mean, right. it had some stiff competition, but anyway, Crazy Stupid Love was in the theaters for a total of 17 weeks, so it ran from July, like end of July to mid November. How much do you think it made in the domestic box office in that run? I think this at least made back its budget because this was huge for a while. So I'm yeah. going to say 70. Okay. What do you think, Mikey? I'm going to say 85. Mikey, you're closer. It was $84.3 million. So you were very close. Uh, it made another 62.1 internationally for a total of 146 0.4 million dollars and if you adjust that for inflation that's roughly 190.5 million dollars today now that is just in the worldwide box office this made another almost 30 million dollars in just dvd and blu-ray sales it made 29.1 million dollars in the home market that doesn't include streaming so it's made more money on top of that but this this movie definitely made money yeah but that is your box office. So, Mikey, do you want to hit it with that romance scale? Yeah, romance scale is how romantic we found the film today. It's a scale of 1 to 10. Paige, how romantic did you think this was? I'm going to say for every story besides Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, I give this a 1. Yeah. For Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, I'm going to give it a 3. So you're going to average it to a 3 or you're going to give it a 2? <laughs> no, I'm going to average it to a 1 and just say that <laughs> the 30, <laughs> give or take, minutes of this two-hour movie could maybe get a 3. That's fair. I think I'm going to give it a 2, but again, mainly just for Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, and I really wish we got more of that. Yep. Oh, I think I'm going to give it a 3... Based on the scenes that I like, but yeah, yeah, that's it. And that's our romance scale. <laughs> We've also sort of talked about, are they still together? I'm not sure, Mikey, you weighed in on that. So you, do you think they're still together? No. I think, are they even together at the end of the movie? Well, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone are, but yeah, right. I think they are. I think, I think Ryan Gosling is. And then Steve Carell, it's, it's a toss. If they like go to therapy or something afterward, like, you know, it, it's a coin toss. Yeah, they're definitely in a place they could build back to something. I just don't really care if they do or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this week I made you all watch Crazy Stupid Love. And next week we're doing something a little special. And Paige, do you want to explain what and why that is? You know what? It's been a long Long time. It has been a long since time. Since we have visited the world of Forks, Washington. I am so excited. We wanted to wait so that we could have 
Jackie back because we had so much fun yes. on the first one. Uh, but since the last time we did Twilight, uh, Jackie's gotten married and been on tour and we've all had crazy stuff going on. I, at one point, most of last year was traveling. So it's been a long time since everyone was in the same place at the same time to be able to record it. But we are doing Twilight New Moon next week. And this is part of why we kind of had so to excited. push stuff around schedule wise. Yeah. Because, again, tough to get all of us in the same place at the same time. Uh, but this is the time we were able to do it. So next week is Twilight New Moon. With Jackie Zabrowski, right? Like With so, Jackie yeah. Zabrowski, <laughs> yeah. yes. Your homework is to communicate telepathically with wolves and convince yourself not to jump off a cliff and then drink some sort of non-alcoholic beverage because remember, Bella is not 21 yet. No, because she's Mormon, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and then watch New Moon. I can't believe that happens in the movie. Does that happen in the movie? I'm not telling you. Oh, my God. I tried to watch this movie once and I fell asleep, so I've never seen it. <laughs> uh, my sister and I saw this hungover in a movie theater in college. <laughs> Love it. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I do. Well, whose review are you going to read this week? Rumor 9. Well, rumor has it. What's the review? Uh, please read this, Mikey. Okay. Exclamation point. Uh, they say, love this podcast and horror version more than any others. Oh, I well, think Unlike you. Mikey, I'm addicted to podcasts. They're not a dying <laughs> medium from you is what you're saying. I guess saying. I'm addicted to making them, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> also, Todd is right about sausage taco, which I don't like. Thank you, thank you, thank she you. She does an like upside down smiling like emoji and a sausage taco emoji, uh, which is a taco sausage, really what it is. <laughs> or they say, I'm especially qualified to decide this as I am an elementary school English as a second language teacher. Okay. Uh, they finish with, Paige is my idol. Listen to this podcast. <laughs> exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Love it. Five stars. Well, rumor has it. Thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want Mikey to read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's, it. it's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show SHO like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, pages at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. And I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. Keep it oogie. No, wait. <laughs> you, complete, <laughs> you complete us. This is the horror virgin. <laughs> to completion. <laughs> to completion. I don't have a, like a thing. Bye. Do I have a thing? Yes, you do, so. nerd. You do a pickup line. What is it, Mikey? I mean, I got that waitress's number from at Josephine, and we went out for drinks the next night because I went at it confidently. <laughs> I love 
that Chris hooked you up with a pretty lady to go on a date with, and you just shit on him for doing that for you. It was like going on a guy's night to Crackle Barrel. Bye, crazy, stupid nerds. <laughs> <laughs>